I'm going to remind everyone out there to go to HankStrange.com. That's right. That's what you need to do. That's how you keep up with us. That's where our email list is. That's how you can support us. HankStrange.com. I can't say it enough times to all the folks out there. That is where you need to go. And we'll be doing giveaways and all kinds of stuff coming up here through our email list. So make sure you go check that out. And um, yeah, Lola says that's where all the deals are. All right. I think that everything's rolling <laughs> through here. I am going to drop the open on everyone. Welcome back Boom. to the Hank Strange there situation. There it goes. Yes. Lifestyles of Make the sure you subscribe, thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. And we are live right now. Let's see jazz hands, guys. You know the routine. I know. It's all tough guys. Nobody wants to do jazz. There we go. Yeah. See, real tough guys do jazz hands. We are live. I hope you got your big girl panties on. This is episode 516 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Coming to you, I'm coming to you live from Gainesville. We're joined tonight by my guests, X-Ring. Ray is in the house, X-Ring. He's in the house. He's here joining us once again. And it feels like deja vu because we also have Todd Elfster's rifles and reloading here as well. We should just call... Hello, everybody. This is episode two of the X-Ring Elfster show. <laughs> Come back to you guys. Uh, it should be fun. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, welcome back, guys. Um, to all the folks out there who are joining us right now, please smash the thumbs ups, okay? We appreciate that. Share this if you can. We don't have, like, uh, our normal Facebook page back at all at this point. I'll probably get into that a little bit here as we um, as we continue to talk, but we don't have it back. We do. We started up another one. It's uh, Facebook slash HankStrange.com, all spelled out. For anyone who wants to look, I think we have maybe like a hundred and something people following us there. So help us out and share the fact that we're on the air. Yeah. Um, shout out to all the folks out there who are coming in. The show's brought to you by Walther's. That's right, Walther's Firearms. They are the sponsor of the show. We appreciate them doing that. Shout out to everyone out there. I see is your six covered out there. I see him. He's. I don't know why we don't actually have him on here, but you know. Uh, he's holding it down for us out in the chat. Uh, Ray, what's up, man? What's been going oh, on? Oh, not a whole lot. Just got done with the uh, Bushnell, Bushnell Elite Sniper Comp. Uh, that's what I've been up to for the last uh, few days, recovering this week, and mm -hmm. it's kind of new on my end. Yes, very. I, I bet you that was really intensive, um, and I'm enjoying looking at all your different assortments of ammo in the background as well. Very yes, nice. <laughs> and trophies also. Trophies. Tro did you? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Did you win a? Did you win something out of this? Uh... I did. I actually won this one right here, which is a piece of steel. Oh, okay. That Elite uses, and mm. this is by Best Targets, and they make them for them. And this was from a stage years ago, mm -hmm. uh, where it was supposed to simulate the the famous or the infamous Hathcock sniper shot, where you shot through the where he shot through the scope. Through the scope. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they so they had it where you got a point if you hit the steel because mm -hmm. you had to find it first. But if you actually sent around through here and hit the target behind it, you got more points. Ooh, nice. So yeah. Did that. you did you do that? Did you put a round through and hit the target in the back of the thing? Or uh, we did not do that this oh, okay. year. But that's kind of uh, ever since they started it, that's been their trophy. Okay, very cool. And uh, Todd, my friend, Elster's rifles and reloading. What's up with you? What have you been up to? 
Uh, not much. I'm pretty much in the same boat with you. My Facebook page, uh, good old Facebook, took the axe to my Facebook page too, uh, you know. And so I'm right in the thick of things trying to get that back. So all my followers on Facebook and uh, follow what I'm doing. So I, I, I got a, I got a feeling that I'm going to be in the same boat as you, though, my friend. So yeah. Well, I what did you, what did you do? What, what happened with you? How did you, you know? Well, the, the first time my Facebook page was taken down, it was a concerted attack. I don't know who, but uh, my my profile, my page, and my closed group got all hit with uh, six false flags. Uh, there were flagging guys shooting rifles, um, sh- uh, flagging affiliate links as nudity, just in an effort to try and get... Oh, um, so all at the same time. All at the same time, less hmm. than 30 minutes uh, on my profile, my closed group, and my Facebook page. And um, Facebook turned two of them around on my my page, one in the closed group. And for some weird reason, uh, my page just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to start another one. I'm not going to stop. And so I started a whole new page. And that went on for about five months. And they said because I started a new page that was similar to the old one, um, they just literally, without warning, gone. Mm. Okay. So, and who did you mess with? Were you talking bad about Bloomberg? What was, you know, how did you? <laughs> well, you know, I ha- that's the whole reason. At the same time I started my second one, that's the whole reason why I started mm-hmm. my second uh, Facebook page, Elster's Minute Americans, and that's literally who I concentrated all my my political BS talk over there. And mm-hmm. I did nothing but content and affiliate links on my main page. And for some reason, they I don't know who I pissed off over there, but they mm-hmm. just decided without warning, just gone. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's the same thing with me. I know with my page, we reached out to some people that were going to try to help us get the page back. And they said the page was they it was supposed to be it was supposed to come back, but then um, it somehow wound up in limbo. That someone yeah, literally I, put it into a limbo state. It's the best way I could explain it. And they're like, "Yeah, that's why I, it's not back." And we actually had to like reset, you know, our um, the request to have them look at it all over again. So it, it all went back to square one. Mm-hmm. And I appealed it. And it's still an appeal, uh, but starting today, I might have a, a shining light mm-hmm. to potentially get it back. And if it works, I just might be able to help you out too, my friend. Okay. All right. So yeah, we'll talk about that. I don't want to drive everyone crazy and and uh, and bore folks with that. But you know, this is this is what it is to be a gun guy. You know, on yeah. the on the interwebs. So to speak, yeah. yeah. I think I saw something that PragerU, um, you know, PragerU was suing YouTube, and I guess it went to the federal courts, and the federal courts denied it. So I don't know if that's going to wind up going to the Supreme Court, and I think they used uh, some kind of Supreme Court ruling to deny it, basically saying well, that YouTube could do what they want to do because they're private. So, well, it's probably some really liberal Supreme Court in California. Yeah. Yeah, or federal so, federal court. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, the 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 fight continues with all this stuff. All right, so uh, let me see what else is going on here. Do we need to shout anyone out? Do you guys see any of your folks 
in the chat that need to be shout out. Other than, of course, is your six covered, Rick? You know, Rick. Rick is out there holding it down. So, I'm guessing Rick is always live, huh? He's so I, he's starting to like it a lot. Yeah, he's yeah, somewhere. He's really getting into it. <laughs> yeah, he's somewhere live drinking iced tea. Right now. <laughs> he's got the IV, the IV <laughs> yeah, of getting a sugar rush. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting a sugar rush going. Okay, so I know I know both of you like long distance, long range shooting. Obviously, yep. X Ring just did the uh, competition. Um, do you want to tell us, Ray? Like, what what gun were you using at this at this event? Uh, on this particular match, I was using a. Uh, a rifle that I kind of put together um, mm -hmm. from guns that I had won in the past. So it had okay. a it had a Nordic handguard with a Nordic uh, matched upper that were really kind of blended. It's got a 20 inch proof barrel. I was actually shooting 556 uh, with a Thunder Beast arm suppressor and a Lancer lower with a Lancer stock, uh, topped off with a Night Force uh, ATAC R4 to 16 with a Trimmer 3 reticle. I was secondary on this match, and we were trying to uh, – my partner for the match was Bryson Allen. Uh, he's a young shooter, a uh, very good shooter, but he's a three-gun shooter. And so he had won a Masterpiece Arms in 6.5 Creedmoor. So I figured it would be best, since he had never done this type of competition, to let him be primary, and then I would do the spotting for him and give him wind calls and everything else. So we were only able to train uh, for a couple hours on two days before the match. Oh, Okay. Um, do you have this, I know we can't, obviously we can't show, can't show the gun here, but, um, do you have this like on your Instagram or anything? Are you on Instagram? Uh, I am, but I, I'm not, uh, I do some things on social media, but I don't have a lot of presence on IG oh, okay. or on okay. Facebook. Yeah. You're not, uh, he's, he's got full videos though on his YouTube channel. I mean, just, oh, okay. So if we look, got if four, we look on the YouTube, we should see it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe we'll just uh, let me see. I'll try to pull up the uh, the YouTube here, and then we'll take a see if we could actually take a look at this gun. Um, in case you guys are not subscribed to either one of these guys, please uh, go to YouTube, search their names. X Ring is just X Dash Ring, right? Yes, sir. You are on YouTube. Um, where would I find the the video with your with your rifle that you use uh maybe search up uh, black beauty i don't know um that's kind of what it's been dubbed black beauty okay okay i like the name i know that's okay but uh, hank this is a really serious competition i mean we're already talking uh ray what 30 total miles three days i think it's 10 miles a day uh there's different what five different uh shooting spots per day right and these what multiple yeah, targets you're, per you're spot. exactly right todd so basically uh you have three divisions for the bushnell elite it was originally started i believe by joe burdick and it was supposed to be a law enforcement and military only sniper competition however they opened it up to civilians i think this is the third year that they've had it and what they call a mechanized division which Let's say you've got a bad ankle or you've got an injury or something. You do not do any hiking or rucking or anything else. You load up on the back of a trailer and they take you to the shooting stages and you're just basically going to wait for the ruck divisions to come in. So mechanized division is one. And then the second division is trooper. Uh, trooper, you're going to be rucking, carrying all of your ammo for the day. The only convenience you have is uh, in the evening when you're released. 
you can go back to your hotel room, uh, restock up on your ammo and your food, and then just be back out there in the morning. Mm -hmm. The most difficult division is the Lerper division. Um, the LRRP division, you're out there for three days. You carry everything from the start, and that includes your tent, sleeping bag, and food for the next three days. Uh, we were in Trooper Division. That was a good place to start, especially for uh, Bryson. I've never shot one of these matches before. It was uh, it was a good one to, to be in. There were 60 teams, uh, 120 guys, and uh, there was actually a heart attack on course as well. Um, on I think it was after the first day, someone in Trooper Division. Oh, okay, but they are okay. Yeah, where was where did this take place? Uh, this was in Ellerby, North Carolina. Okay. It was at Coleman's Creek Training Facility mm -hmm. or training grounds uh, that is only open to i think military and law enforcement for training it's not open to civilians it okay. is a long range playground oh okay so was it just long range stuff you were doing or was handgun i was just trying to look uh, at a video i don't know if that was interrupting our video but um, yeah there, uh, was there so stuff? most of the stages had pistol involved mm -hmm. uh pistol is an element but it's not a huge element they're typically going to be about three steals they're going to be anywhere from 20 to maybe 50 yards so they're longer engagements hmm. and typically you're both both you and your partner are going to have to shoot those and engage those uh, before you dump your pistols and then you'll go to the long range portion oh okay hmm. and these aren't small hills you're climbing yeah. i mean these are some sheer damn near mountains and yeah uh, I mean, it, it's not like the mountains I live in, but, you know, thinking eastern North Carolina, you're, you're assuming it's going to be flatland like, you know, out in Fayetteville and everywhere else. But it's mm -hmm. not. We got there. We're like, holy crud, this is north of Charlotte. And, you know, you get, you know, you got Uwari and all that other stuff. I mean, you've this was just outside of Oakboro by about 50 minutes or so. And so we did see a lot of hills and it was like, oh, geez, uh, they did change the match up this year. Uh, I didn't shoot in it last year, but I know in the previous year. You would typically ruck for a mile or two, and then you shoot a stage, pack up, ruck again. So doing that, you're getting breaks. You're staying warmed up. They decided to change it this year, and maybe it was because of the layout of the facility itself. But they started you off with a 4.2-mile ruck at 6 a.m., and on Friday it was brutally cold. It was 19, 20 degrees. The high for the day was 32, but the wind was blowing at a constant 17 miles an hour. So, uh, so when you got there, you were soaking wet and you know what happens when you're just getting pounded by wind, you're, you're going to, you're going to get hyperthermic. You're not careful. So everybody changed their clothes and dry clothes. You stayed there. You shot five stages that were relatively close. Then when you were done at about six o'clock, you had to ruck for another hour and a half and got done about eight in the evening. And this was three days straight. So were you holding like a full mill of wind on some of those targets? Uh, there was one stage in particular uh, with Bryson shooting the 6.5. He was holding a mill and a half, and that was uh, 600 and some yards. Wow. So what was the longest shot you guys were taking? 1,200, and it was on a dead electronic stage, so they didn't allow the use of any range finders. Batteries had to... Not just don't use them. You had to pull batteries out of your range finders, anything wow. like that. And so you had no cheating, no cheating. Uh, you had mm. to range. The no, target. no Raptor or anything or no, nope. I actually removed it from my gun or my rifle. And I didn't want it there to be any question about it. And you milled the targets with your reticle and you told them you had a firing solution and then you can engage. Hmm. Wow. 
So what it kind was, of prep can you do for this ahead of time? Like, it seems like you didn't realize where it was going to be or the terrain. What kind of training do you do? Just a lot well, of cardio? This, um, Bryson had uh, shot and then and entered into a running gun that I had done with him. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that kind of changed his mindset on things. So about three months ago, he knew we were going to do this. He started changing his diet, working out. He lost 38 pounds before this match. He was hiking about five to seven miles a day. Uh, you definitely need to practice for this. The, the terrain was not nice. The gravel was huge. Uh, it wasn't like you were on soft, compact ground. It was yeah, and pack, pack light, right? Yeah. Who, Correct. My pack was a little over 40 pounds, about 42 by the time it was all said and done. And I think Bryson's was 50-something, but his rifle's twice as much as mine weight-wise. Okay. Now, I noticed you were shooting mostly an AR, and he was shooting a bolt action. Is that correct? Correct. So typically the primary is going to be on a bolt gun, and then the secondary is usually going to be on some type of gas gun, but the gas gun is limited to 5.56 or 308. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So you you were rocking the five five six, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were, were you taking shots at twelve hundred yards? No, no, not at this yeah. match. That was actually his. Yeah. Um, as as far as his target, um, on that one they they didn't give you the option for me to okay. take that. Shot. He didn't well, even have out there. The furthest he's ever even shot a rifle was a thousand yards, and he's only done it once out of the Clinton House. Okay, and his was a three hundred eight bolt action, right? Six five Creedmoor masterpiece. Oh, yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. just for folks out there who don't know, that might include me. Who's Bryson? Uh, Bryson Allen. Okay. He is uh, he is a three gunner that came on pretty strong onto the scene. I guess when he was about 15 years old, I think he was mm-hmm. fully sponsored by 16 uh, by Cobalt Kinetics mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. very very full three gunner. And that, okay. I met him shooting some local matches and then shooting mm-hmm. regionals. And oh. very young. He's very young guy. Yeah, what okay, is he? Bryson Allen. He's as young as he is, though. Oh. He's very articulate and very mature for his age. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to see if I've ever met him. I don't know all the different, uh, you know, competitive shooter dudes. So, okay. Yes, sir. So this is the young guy. You were the old guy. Because is your yes. six says you were just out there drinking Coke and eating donuts or something like that. <laughs> Diet Coke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually packed one of these in my pack. Um, yeah, I was like, sugar. You need sugar when you're when you're burning uh, all those calories in, in a situation like that, right? And I went to REI and bought like sixty dollars worth of protein bars and everything <laughs> else. Uh, you know, everybody's got the freeze dried food and everything because you're trying to really keep the weight off your pack. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're throwing hot dogs and hamburgers in there. So tell mm-hmm. me about the optic that you were using and what Bryce was using for optics. Okay, so I was using the Night Force 4 to 16 ATAC R with the Tremor 3 reticle. Bryson had a Night Force that I had sold him about a year ago, but it was a second focal. I said, You really need to look at a first focal plane scope. And so I had a Leupold a Mark 4 M5, and he wanted it. And so I sold it to him, and that's what he ran. Yeah. And that Tremor reticle is your favorite, right? It is my favorite by far. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good things about the trimmer that I like. Uh, It has the wind holds in there once you've calculated what the wind dots are for. Um, It has quick range estimation. So even though we had to use our reticle to mill, it was a 12-inch round. Well, if you know a Night Force Trimmer 3, there's a 12-inch 
uh, bracket in there, and it already kind of told me I didn't really even have to do any math. I confirmed it. Yeah. I went ahead and did it. So were you mostly just uh, adjusting your reticle for elevation and using the reticle for windage then most times? or um, I never dial. You didn't know? Uh, I dialed one out of 15 stages. Everything else I held on the reticle or held for wind. So it was pretty fast paced then? Uh, a little too fast paced. Um, you guys know I've a lot of sh shot a lot of sniper matches. I've won a lot of sniper matches. And this was probably some of the fastest timing that I've ever seen. So, for example, on day one, when we started the first stage, it was assumed we were the first squad of the day and the first shooters of the day that it was six minutes because it's always been six minutes. Even when you go out west and you shoot a CD match, it's six minutes. So we get up on the stage, we shoot it, and I said I called out to the RO for time because they'll usually, some of them, if they're not being knuckleheads, will tell you how much time you have left. Uh, all of them did except one RO there. So at least he was consistent. He never would do it. Um, when I called out time, the guy was like, 40 seconds. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was a, it was a five-minute five timeout. So all the stages on the first day were five minutes. Well, the problem is, is almost all the teams bombed at five minutes. The second shooter really didn't have any time to shoot. So day two, they bumped it up to five and a half mm -hmm. minutes all stages hmm. so yeah i think they were a little tight on their times yeah. why do well, you i'm sorry go ahead todd i suppose it was all about uh really cool calm conversation and was he calling out your yardages too or okay so on most of these matches uh most of these sniper matches the secondary depending on where you're shooting what part of the country the secondary can usually go first okay you can choose who goes first and the secondary usually has unlimited rounds, usually. Okay, so let's say there's three steals out there. I'm hitting these steals, but I'm not just trying to get points and hit the steals. I'm also trying to get some type of wind data for my primary shooter, because typically your primary can shoot one shot at each steal, and that's it. If he shoots at this one and misses, so be it. He's down, and he goes to the next one. He's down. They changed it up this year. They said a lot of people complained about not getting enough trigger time for such an expensive match. It's $500 for a team just to enter. Now, that being said, it was a $100,000 prize table. We pulled some really nice scopes off the table. Uh, so, yeah, big thanks to the sponsors for doing that. But when you have big events like this, you're typically going to have the larger prize tables. What they did was they said, we're going to give you guys three rounds per target. Okay, so that changed it in the first place, but then they made it even better. They said the primary, his first attempt at a target, if he hits it, will be three points. He can re-engage it right then and there, and if he hits it again, it's two points. Mm -hmm. Then he can re-engage it again, and if he hits it again, it's one point, regardless. Okay, so if you shoot and miss, zero, shoot and miss, zero, you shoot and hit on the third, you get one point. Because three points is awarded for a first-round hit. They killed the secondary shooters by saying, your first round hit is worth two, second round is worth one, third round is worth one. Huh. So the maximum a secondary could get was four, whereas a primary could get six. So they really changed the rules up quite a bit. Um, it, it threw a monkey wrench in it, and after day two, the results were kind of leaked and where everyone was placed, and I, I saw that we were in fourth place at that time. 
And I hate to say it because I don't consider myself a gamer, but you look at how things are being done. And you got to remember, Bryson's a newer shooter. He did a great job. But I said, it's all about points. I'll just mm-hmm. shoot, bang as many targets as I can, you know, try to get a guaranteed four points instead of a maybe two or maybe three. Okay. Let so me- how many rounds of ammo did you pack up then? Well, we were told to bring 200 rounds. Um, I think I shot 100-ish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let me. So let me just do this for a second, right? Because I know you guys understand everything that you're talking about. That's awesome. <laughs> but not everyone um, exactly understands everything that you guys are talking about. So I just want to like go back a little bit out there. I know we do have we do have folks out there that understand as well. I I'm asking everyone to smash the thumbs ups for us. We appreciate that. Um, just explain to me, X-ring, how you know how do what's how do these matches typically work, right? Because you do this a lot. So for the folks out there that have never done it, like how do they look at the matches? Like you're saying, okay, this had like an entry fee of 500 bucks. Is that typical, not typical? And then you said that the prizes and stuff like that equaled about like, what was it? Like $100,000 worth of prizes. Right. Yeah, right. I don't, like how many people are in there? How do, you know, how does someone think about this? So if they've never done these competitions, you know, they can have this info to figure out whether they want to do it or, you know, understand okay. what they're looking at. All right, so yes, it is typical to see entry fees somewhere for a team sniper match four plus to $600 for the team. Okay. Okay, Uh, if you're out west, I'm going to highly recommend you look into competition dynamics. Mm -hmm. Those matches are held in Wyoming. They're in Colorado. Now, this is not PRS, okay? This is not the Precision Rifle Series. This is a team sniper match. You're going to be rucking and carrying your stuff or doing the hikes. There are usually multi-day events, two- and three-day events. Um, so that's on the west. If you come east, you're going to have – okay, so you have the Bushnell Elite that they hold somewhere in North Carolina about every year. I think originally this might have been scheduled for Rock Castle, and they had to move it because of the buyout at Rock Castle in Kentucky. So my understanding is there won't be any more shooting there. That's near Mammoth what, Caves and all that. Um, what do you? What, okay, hold on one second. So that's that's a thing that I didn't realize. What happened with Rock Castle? I've been there. I've done um, events and stuff like that there. What happened to them? Uh, the property, from my understanding, was mm-hmm. bought hmm. by entity, and it was divided up into two or three segments or partial parcels. And the last I heard is there will be no more shooting events at Rock Castle. Whoa. Okay, that's big news. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. So this event, uh, this venue had to be changed because I know that Mammoth uh, had been there before in the past, which Mm -hmm. is another Ruck match. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also had the other thing I didn't mention is you actually have Ruck times. You can't just start walking and you got to keep track of what your pace is, Um, you know, Typically, you're going to have like an 18-minute mile ruck time, which uh, we talked about this earlier, and a guy was like, I can walk 11-minute miles. Uh, yeah, okay, let me see it. Okay, you're not going to walk 11-minute miles uh, with a 50-pound ruck unless you're uh, unless you're He-Man. There's very few there that are going to keep that sustained over a long distance, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's not easy. You're not going to walk it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good fast-paced walk, you'll keep 17-minute mile with a ruck like that with hilly terrain, uh, but like at Mammoth, I think they have like 15-minute ruck times. Um, so you have a time constraint or you get mm-hmm. DQ'd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So um, 
All right, so something happened to uh, Rock Castle. We'll pro- I'll, I'll probably dig into that and see. My, my understanding was that they were like a complete uh, shooting facility. They were putting up houses and everything there for gun guys. You know, yeah. they had the whole like prepper thing going on that your, your house <laughs> that you built on that property would have like a walk-in safe, all that stuff. So I guess that's all gone away. <laughs> you know, they might still develop it. I don't okay. know. I actually mm-hmm. shot there a couple times last year. They mm-hmm. had the pro-am there. Okay. I know they moved the pro-am to Clinton House in South mm-hmm. Carolina this year. Okay. Um, but yeah, my understanding is they're breaking all that up. Okay. All right, cool. So then and then to get back to um to, to the match out there, by the way, there was some smarty pants out there that said that they know everything about what you're talking about. Uh, Armament and <laughs> Axis says he understands everything they're talking about. That's interesting. I never understand anything about what our minute access is talking about. Uh, Len Holt says me too. So there you go. Th- those guys are on your frequency. We'll, we'll ask Armin and Axis, uh, how many yeah. mills does it take to shoot a 308 <laughs> at 600 yards? <laughs> oh, is that okay? There you go. Armament and Axis, smarty pants. <laughs> give us the, uh, give us the answer to that. Uh, and I, I think they're also trying to figure out your age, but that's, you know, Yeah, 49. Uh, oh, I actually go. answered that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, forty nine. Yeah. Okay, all right. So to get back to get back to this match now, um, I, I forgot where you were before I so rudely interrupted you. Right, you were talking about the prize tables, I believe. Mm-hmm. Prize tables, and, right? Yeah, what I've noticed is okay. So you guys know that I shoot three gun as well, a lot of three gun. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed is, and look, there's some you should support the the event no matter what, but it is mm-hmm. kind of nice when there is a decent prize table, whether it's random draw or not. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is, is with some of these matches with the $500 entry fee, um, they do typically bring on bigger sponsors and they're pretty decent prize tables, three gun nation, you know, and all that. I think that's kind of, I don't even know if that's going to be back around or mm-hmm. whatever, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, those prize tables kind of shrunk and uh, yeah, you can definitely, mm-hmm. Take home some nice prizes at some of these if you can finish well, even if you don't finish well. So, I mean, as a as a uh, as someone that that does a lot of these, are you doing it for the money, the sport? What kind of money is there in it, um, or is it like you just compete and win, and then you get people sponsoring you? I don't understand okay. how that works. So, I guess my first real sniper match, and I was doing long range before. Now, this is mm-hmm. back in the day before it was open to civilians. These were, you, they vetted you as either law enforcement or military active, um, and that's the only way you could get in. In 2014, I won Gastonia Sniper Conference with myself and my shooting partner, and we actually took home 25K in prizes. Uh, we won Barrett's, we won Night Force Scopes. It was over $25,000. Mm-hmm that we split. So, uh, you okay. know, about a $12,500 weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, we won Guilford right after that. That was a couple grand. And then I won Sniper's Ultimate year before last, and that was a little over 10, 10K in prizes. Sorry, Sniper's Unknown Challenge. That's put on by Phoenix Strategies. They are going to have it again uh, this year, I believe, in October. I'm planning on shooting that event as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of got out of long range for the last year or so because I'd been working on three gun. And then when I won the three gun nation nationals and factory division, that kind of checked that box off. So I'm getting back into long range again. Okay. I mean, that sounds like, um, some weekends that are separated. It sounds good. Like as an indiv- individual thing, but you know, that sounds like this big separation there. So what does, I'm assuming that everyone doing this is not doing this like full time for a living kind of a deal, right? 
No, and I don't think you're going to see that in Three Gun either. There's very mm-hmm. few people uh, that I can even think of, even your big, big name guys that I've shot with. There's very few that are doing it for the for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they are, they might be with the AMU because they're getting paid by the military to do it. Um, you know, guys like Turner and and, and those guys, uh, or Horner before he left and went to Sig. Um, you know, Jerry. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, very few people are doing it for a living. It it is a hobby. Oh, Ray, okay. you kind of started out with three gun, though, right? Uh, no, believe it or not, I actually started off with long range uh, with a buddy of mine that was uh, an army sniper, and this was back in the early '90s, and that's kind of where I cut my teeth on it, and then got into NRA high power rifle before they started allowing scopes and everything else like they do now, and so we were shooting, you know, two, three, six hundred yards with iron sights, mm. and you know, we would go to Lejeune and and shoot down there and. I just always liked long range. And then it kind of slowly turned into pistol and then three gun came on the scene and then all these other sniper matches started coming about. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I've always been curious about that with all these different professional shooters. Like how do they make their living? What do they do? I guess they've got to do multiple things then. Like probably they have, they have regular jobs, they compete, maybe they have some sponsors, different things go or do you know uh, have a YouTube channel or something else like that, right? Correct. So like, so like for me, like this weekend, I'm teaching a long range class. Uh, it booked out immediately once we li- we didn't even list it. We never even went public with it yet, <laughs> and word got out, and so we capped that at 12 students. We have four instructors, and I'll be teaching that in Old Fort this weekend. So I've been prepping up for that. So yeah, it's, it's just to make. There's not enough matches this often that you're going to be able to make a living at it even if you were that good. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, okay. Elsters, what other questions do you have here? Before I, um, uh, that's about it. Talking? I mean, I, I watched some of the videos. I, I didn't watch them all, but it, mm-hmm. it really helped. I like the fact you had that GoPro on your head. I think it was something new for you, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it started out a little rough at first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I have never run a GoPro in my life. And somebody oh. bought one. A good friend, Sam, uh, bought me a GoPro for Christmas and I put that thing on my head, and I didn't ask anybody, and apparently it's aiming straight. So when you're on the rifle, it's looking down here. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. it, it was a little more of a hindrance than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if – I'm not going to say I won't do it again, uh, but it was a little difficult. you know. And I've been using uh, – I do, do want to give a shout-out to Tacticam, uh, Rudy Nunez. Those guys um, – sent me a Tacticam to use, and I shot a, a local DM, a designated marksman match about a month ago, mm-hmm. and I actually ran that the entire time on the match. And it was a great, great thing, because it records everything you see through the scope, it records for you. What's Tacticam? Oh, Tacticam fits on your scope? Yeah, it slides right over the eyepiece, and okay. it's live footage. And it is unbelievable. I have not seen anything that will touch it. Now, I didn't run that on the match because I run a night force on this rifle. A night force, when you change the magnification, your eyepiece rotates <laughs> with it, unlike most of your scopes where you can just rotate that independently. Right, So okay. you can't have to cam flipping over like this. That, that wouldn't work too well. Yeah, I'm <laughs> running in some some uh, something from their site. Okay, so yeah, I see how that just goes. Yeah, that's like about 139 bucks. And No, no, it's $500, the one I'm oh. talking about. It's oh. a prism that slides on the <clears throat> the actual back of the scope and you don't even okay, know which there. one which one were you guys which one were you do you know which one you were running 
Uh, it's the Tacticam 5.0 is what I didn't run that for the match, but that's okay. what I ran in the de- designated marksman match. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I see it. All right, let's see if I could pull this up to show folks out there. The Tacticam 5.0. There you go. Is it against the rules to do a sniper comp wearing leather pants? Asking for <laughs> who is asking uh, that question? Well, I'm not answering that because I, I would wear leather oh, pants. Oh, Brian Quick. Brian Quick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was what was what was your answer just now? You said you're not going to answer that because what? Because I wouldn't wear leather pants. Oh. <laughs> how would leather? How would leather be out there in that weather? So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Sound like some maybe yeah. some motorcycle chaps or something going on. You're yeah. you're a, you're an engine guy. You're a motorhead. Yeah. Works better on the cow <laughs> than actually yeah. out there in weather. Yeah. So Ray, were they were your sponsors hooking you up with ammo, or you, what type of ammo are you guys using out there? Okay, so I'm gonna have to give a big shout out to Defender Ammunition. I will never be able to say and give them enough gratitude. Chrissy and Hay would have been super uh, with me. Uh, I think I was one of their first sponsored shooters. They are a veteran-owned company uh, just outside of uh, Bragg and Rayford, North Carolina. And they do some unbelievable ammunition. Now I do shoot all their pistol ammunition, but there is a caveat here. I do not shoot um them in my six the six five ammo uh, i have some friends over at hornady that help support me uh so big shout out to them on like you know the eld match stuff uh but defender has been great to me so i did shoot all their pistol ammo and i will always shoot their pistol ammo okay. what about your rifle ammo what are you using for out there uh now that wasn't hornady because i wasn't shooting my six five i was secondary so i'm going to be shooting black hills and nothing but black hills nice Okay, very cool. So I guess uh, when you when you do the competitions, you don't shoot your own stuff that you reload, right? Uh, no, I do. I don't even show it on the channel that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't do any reloading content. They're already after me hard enough as it is. Yeah. Every mm-hmm. single video mm-hmm. that I post up. I don't think you really reload much though anymore, do you? I mean, uh, no, I do. As a matter of okay. fact, uh, you know, I, sh- I showed Rick how to reload uh, the rifle stuff here for the six five. Uh, I'm very meticulous about it. So when I do reload, uh, yeah, my ammunition's going to have, you know, standard deviations of three, four, and that's yeah. about it. And it just takes so long to do that. And the benefit of that over, you know, Hornady ELD match or something like that, um, my time is pretty important as well. So. so I do have a good question for you here. So obviously you're full length resizing for your semi-autos, but do you neck only or do you full length resize for your bolt actions? I do full length resize on my bolt actions. It's yeah. good to know. That's a hotly debated topic in the yeah, uh, I world. Actually, this topic came up with Eagle Eye with Kenneth. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you know him. With yeah, I actually, Eagle. ran into him out at Shot Show. Yeah, well, him and I talked quite a bit, and we had this conversation, and we both agreed that full length size, you know, because he's doing some incredible stuff with 308. You know, he's oh, shooting he, 2,000 he yards. Yeah, with 308, that 200. Point two, uh, I think it's a burger hybrid, but yeah, sharing some information with him. I've always kind of been that guy that full length resized. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's it. Yeah, yeah I think here uh, keep, you know, keep it this, simple, stupid, right? Yeah, this is a great topic for you. Um, I've been thinking really heavily about going to six creed more. Have yep. you played around with that much, Todd? Oh, uh, well, I have a 243, you know, it's 
you know, same bullet, you know, other than the casing. Uh, I haven't played with six Creed more, uh, but I know a lot of guys that do, and they absolutely love it. Matter of fact, that new Ruger Precision uh, rifle just came out in uh, six yeah. Creed more a couple of years ago that replaced the 243. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I haven't played with it, but I've, I've known a lot of people, especially in my closed group, the, uh, my Elster's, uh, six by five challenge. And I know a lot of guys in there that do use a, the six Creed more and it's you guys tremendously can't be serious. accurate. You guys can't be serious with the six Creed more now. Now I gotta oh, go yeah. look up the six Creed more. So just to let you, let you know here, Hank. So <laughs> the, the six, hell out loud. six Creed more shoots the exact same bullet as a two forty three. Uh, so okay. the, when they say six cream more, they're just saying the diameter of the bullet in millimeters. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's, it's the same bullet that a, a 243 shoots. It's just the brass casings, uh, are a little, little bit different. It's got a little bit steeper, uh, datum shoulder on it. Um, but yeah, it's very, very accurate round. It's now when it comes to like buying it factory wise, it is more expensive uh, but if you reload, that's kind of a mood issue. So okay, so you guys have to. So this is the thing. And um, hold on one second here. Armament and Axes wants to know if I'm calling him out, right? He says when he comes out to Florida, he'll challenge me to shoot and beat me long range, short range, everything. Okay, very cool. Congratulations to you. Um, the reason why I'm the reason why I'm asking is because not all of us are nerds. We're not well, all cartridge chat, nerds. So. Up because they're already ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> they're so, okay. Let's see. Better rounds, uh, Hank. Six you Dasher. Got, what the hell is that? Huh? Well, GT, they have they have rounds like uh, <laughs> six dash. You got six br. Oh, you got six geez. Dasher. Uh, but, okay, so Hank, they, they they all shoot the same bullet. It's just pretty much the casings different. Yeah. Oh, okay. For those cartridges though, Hank, you're gonna mm. have to fire form. You're gonna have to pretty much hand load there's no compare i mean what? there's no comparing those rounds to let's say a 6.5 creedmoor they have you know what what is it 70 80 percent less recoil mm -hmm. they are barrel burners okay you're going to be lucky to get 1200 ish rounds if you're pushing them pretty hot so even the six creedmoor okay so i'm looking at a six creedmoor barrel for my ai okay so i can buy the pre-fit barrel put it in Mm -hmm. If you buy box six millimeter Creedmoor, you know, match, mm -hmm. it's going to do well, but it's not going to give you that huge advantage over six five Creedmoor other than the recoil. Mm -hmm. But you can load those bullets to where they're pushing almost 3,200 feet per second. I mean, some guys are talking about 31, you know, 70, 3180, but you're only going to get about a thousand rounds out of that barrel. That's expensive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. brings brings up the question: What about my good old 308? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about that? How about just some, some 308 for you? You know, keep it simple. No. Yeah. Um, I, talking, I, I was a when I started like six BR. Yeah, you know, six yeah. Creed more. Uh, yeah. You name. They're mostly going to be reloading, and they're they're not mm -hmm. like he's like Ray said. The second they get that brass, they're out there fire forming that yeah. brass. They're they're playing with headspace. They're getting the headspace, yeah. you know, down to a thousandth of an inch, and they're playing with jumps and you name it. it that's that's a reloader's dream. There. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be that guy that when I shoot, that I say, hold on a second, I got to get my brass. I mean. That brass, <laughs> dollar-wise, each one of those pieces is probably, what, $2, $3 by the, if you really want to look at it. As, yeah. mm -hmm. you can't buy, 
buy it, you know? Yeah. Uh, one, uh, Brian Quick asked about 6.5 PRC. That's a great round. I actually reviewed a proof TAC-3 and 6.5 PRC. It's basically a Magnum-based uh, case shooting the Hornady 6.5 or 264 diameter. Um, 300, you know, there were a lot of third group guys that were shooting 300 Win Mag out there. And, mm-hmm. of course, they had a problem with the, uh, with the 1,200-yard target. Um, but that's, you know, you don't see it a ton, but 300 Win Mag is usually the cap. Yeah, it depends what case. level shooting you're, you know, you're on and what you do when you're shooting and all that. When I got into this first, like, I thought 308 was awesome. It was a big deal. I try to get, you know, everything 308. Lately, I have moved over to 6.5 Creedmoor to me as being, you know, like everyone says, the prototypical, like, flat shooting and all that kind of stuff. I cannot keep up with you super advanced. I'm getting every single little advantage I possibly can uh, competition dudes. And then especially not – Elfsters is like, you know. Well, if, if some of your viewers are not familiar with my channel, mm-hmm. I just got done uh, with a 6.5 Grendel mm-hmm. uh, PSA upper, a whole rifle series. Oh, uh, cool. Part one is mm-hmm. starting out with – the upper doing an overview of it we shoot some factory rounds you know really cheap wolf ammunition you get for five dollars a box roughly mm-hmm. and then some super i have expensive. a ton of that stuff that, that yeah hornady uh, black yeah grendel mm-hmm. and you know and that's in part one and then in part two and part three we did the reloading i had to split that reloading up because i can't show you in one single video mm-hmm. how to make a cartridge from start to finish so in part two i showed uh from decapping up to cleaning the brass uh, right before sizing. And then the third part would be the second half of reloading, which would be uh, sizing the brass, everything up to seating the bullet. And then in part four, which I literally just got done uploading, is shooting those reloads uh, out of a very inexpensive PSA 6.5 Grendel upper. And I was getting groups down in the point sixes for a very, very inexpensive uh, upper from PSA and it, it literally is all based on reloads. You can be very difficult to try and do that with even factory ammunition and it would never happen with that wolf ammunition. I mean that wolf ammunition, the first part was averaging uh, roughly in the two minute of angle area. You know, mm-hmm. the, the factory Hornady Black uh, ammunition was averaging roughly one and a quarter to one and a half minutes. And my reloads uh, averaged for all groups across the board sub-MOA. And one, one of the groups is down in the point sixes for a very, very inexpensive PSA 6.5 Grendel upper. So, I mean, I, I think it, and I think Ray can probably agree with me, reloads is half the battle. If you're not reloading, you know, if, if, if you're trying to shoot a firearm long distance, and I've always said this, if your firearm can't print at least one minute of angle or less at 100 yards, you might as well not even show up to the thousand yard range because if it's one minute of angle at a hundred yards, that's a one inch group. And that's going to be a 10 inch, roughly 10, mm-hmm. 10 and a half inch group at a thousand. If your best your gun can produce is two minutes at a hundred, that is going to be twice the size <laughs> at a thousand yards. It's going to be tw- over 20 inches. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I actually, for my rifle class, the it's an intermediate long range class. We shoot out to 700 yards. Uh, my restriction for that class is actually holding a one and a half inch group at a hundred. I don't say one inch because this is not what I consider long range because we're not into transonic subsonic, you know, distances. Um, so yeah, I'm okay with one and a half on a 700 yard range. Oh, okay. Um, well, tighter. <laughs> yeah. 
So a couple of things here. Uh, DCG44 says starting to look at 6.5 Grendel. So is the 6.5 coming back? It was kind of here before, and then it went away. Well, the 6.5 Grendel, what's nice about that round mm -hmm. is it uses a small AR frame platform. So you can really get the weight down on that firearm, uh, but it's using a superior bullet in comparison to something to like, you know, 308 that uses mm -hmm. a large frame platform, a very heavy firearm. You're, you're getting uh, almost the same, if not better, ballistics out of, out of a small frame AR uh, by using a better bullet, which is the 6.5 Grendel cartridge. Now, Hank, you might not know this, but the 6.5 Grendel cartridge, you, that bullet is the same bullet they use in a 6.5 Creedmoor. It's just a different cartridge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, longer, shorter, what? Uh, so the the base of uh, the base of that 6.5 Grendel uh, casing uses a standard AR-15 bolt. It uses a standard AR-15 bolt face. It doesn't have to use a, a large frame AR with a humongous AR mm. bolt. Okay. And it can keep the weight down on that firearm. And um, it's it's a great round, not only for target shooting, but it's really, really popular in the hunting world too. So Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then the other thing I wanted to ask, um, and I'll start with Ray, uh, you, you were mentioning that you're giving, what kind of classes do you give? Is it all across the board, just specific things you're teaching? Uh, right now, it's going to be an intermediate long-range class. I think mm -hmm. we'll go long-range this summer. I'm supposed to be teaching two classes with KB32 up in Pennsylvania. Uh, I used to run classes years ago and then kind of got out of it. Uh, we lost our range through some – and not operating in harmony with the surrounding environment, and the county commissioners came in and shut our range down. So I kind of swore it off after that, and then now I found another place to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll probably look at doing some carbine classes um, that's it. I don't know if I will teach pistol classes. I did a lot of that before. Um, and we're not talking about, you know, concealed permit type stuff or mm -hmm. high speed pistol stuff, but mm -hmm. I don't, I'll get, get into that. Okay. Um, and people shouting you out out there, by the way, Schmitz and Giggles says, um, he says military arms channels definitely help push the popularity of six, five Grendel with some of his videos, which I think he recently put out. <clears throat> What was the video? I was looking at something that he recently put out about that. Um, I don't think it was the Desert Tech, right? Because I think he has like a Desert Tech that's six five Creedmoor or something. Well, it's a great other, round. I mean, like yeah. I just hooked up with what five hundred rounds off of Brownells mm -hmm. ship for hundred and thirty bucks or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, it works out a little over five dollars for every twenty round box. Mm -hmm. And if you just want to go out to the range and plink, you can mm -hmm. you can buy that ammo. You don't have to reload for it. Just have a good time, especially if you're mm -hmm. trying to train somebody. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to go full blown out reloading, crazy with you know mm -hmm. playing with headspace and jumps and powder drops. You know, you got the best of both worlds there. So, but yeah. it's definitely a thousand, a thousand yard capable rifle without, without issue. So, okay. Uh, let's see. Brian Quick says, is 224 Valkyrie dead? That's his question. <laughs> um, and then Flying Rich That's... is saying something about Kata Boy, and Harry's Holsters is asking if Kata Boy is instructing. So, I think I'll be doing most of this. Instructing, uh, we'll probably be doing it together, but I'll probably mm -hmm. do most most of the, most of the instructing. But it's at Cutter Boys' uh, home range up there in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. 
Uh, personally, I think 224 is dead. I don't see anyone shooting that anymore yeah. in the competitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was great marketing. I think that thing kind of fell flat on its face. They didn't get barrel twist rates right and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did try a couple of them, but they were. Yeah. I yeah, Every sweet. time I've seen somebody try to shoot one of those, um, the, the groups are not stellar. And I. I mean, I never shot one personally, but every everyone I've ever known, my some of my friends have shot them. It just the groups weren't impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like six five, I love that. But the problem is, is you can't shoot that in a competition as a secondary, and it's not going to make a good enough primary. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, it has a different application than for some of these events that we're doing. You know, mm-hmm. two two three, preferably in a wild chamber, is, is actually a, a very very accurate round. Yes, if you're absolutely. if you're shooting, if you're shooting, you know, especially at five four hundred yards or less, uh, to the two two three uh, with the wild chamber, um, which can, you know, I have one of my Rock River Arms twenty inch varmint bull barrel, and that thing just drive drives home tax and little bull bug hole groups, and I run this six point this six by five challenge group on uh facebook and i see literally every single firearm every manufacturer everyone ranging from beginner to we got a, a james phillips in there that's a, a, a world record holder 600 yard bench rush rifle shooter i've yep. seen them all and that 223 you'd be amazed it it comes out on top damn near every single time at, a, at least 100 yards so Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hold on. I don't know what happened to. Uh... Uh, yeah, I was answering a question here, but uh, mm-hmm. no, you know that that five five six that I'm shooting when I was out in um, New Mexico last year, we were at a match and we there was a steel at thirteen hundred yards, and it went back to back with it shooting a seventy seven grain with a five five six. Yep. So it, now. Is it the right tool for the job? Absolutely not, but it will do it. Remember, you're not trying to kill something on the other end. You're just trying to hit that piece of steel, and there is a big difference. Uh, when I had to, I had a chat the other night, and a guy was like, 308 all day long. He's got more killing power. I'm not trying to kill this piece of steel. I'm just trying to hit this piece of steel. Right, yeah, yeah. completely different I uses. S- right? I see uh, Armin and Axe is ask, asking if you crimp your rounds, and I don't, never have. I sh- I've shot thousands and thousands of semi-auto rounds, and as long as you got good neck tension, that's yep. the key. Your neck tension is good. Personally, I don't crimp, and I, 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 crimping is heavily dependent on the length of your brass. If you got in- inconsistencies on the length of your brass, you're going to have inconsistencies on your neck tension. And inconsistencies on your neck tension is going to be inconsistencies of your velocity. Right. And so one about, round that crimps harder, it's going to hit higher on the paper. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's my question. If you crimp, do you have to wear, like, a blue bandana or a red bandana? <laughs> 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 okay. Now, All right. I'm just, just like Todd. I don't crimp. And there was somebody else that I, heard, I didn't get a chance to answer it. Mm-hmm. But they said, you can just go and pick up, uh, you know, military ammo whenever they get done training. Don't ever pick up machine gun ammo, okay? That stuff's so blown out. You're gonna have, you're gonna have all kinds of issues. I, I can't tell you how many buckets and buckets of five, five, six, and three hundred eight I've passed down because mm-hmm. I did it once and I was like, heck with this. I mean, so it's you, so blown out. You don't those, shoot Lake City brass at all. I do shoot Lake City, but you got to be careful of where what it was shot out of when it hit the ground. Yeah. Because if it was an old, you know, 
240 or if it was an old, you know, uh, you know, 249 saw. And let's say this chamber is just, you know, it's got the clearance. Okay. Yeah. It's so blown out. You almost can't even size some of it down. So, you know, it's good for brass scrap, I guess, but just be careful picking up machine gun ammo. See, that's all I shoot in my, uh, my rock river 20 inch barn bull barrels, Lake city. And you're right. I get it. And it's usually a big box of a thousand pieces and the headspace on it is ungodly. And sometimes <laughs> I got, actually got to run it through my uh, sizer twice when I initially oh. get it. Yep. Sometimes three times, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I really got to bump the headspace an insane amount from yep. where I get it from. So yeah, I, I'm looking right here at two five, or three, five gallon buckets full of five, five, six. And it's just, I don't, I don't know if I want the headache of sizing that stuff and bumping it back so much because it was definitely machine gun ammo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, before I forget this and move on from the comments, TB is in here, one of your guys. He says, uh, if you ever watch X-Ring on his videos, he does go into detail on a lot of his videos, and you will learn a lot on scopes uh, scopes loading as well. Okay? So yeah, TB's a good one. He uh, he comments a lot. He tries to get on any of the chats. Mm-hmm. I, my biggest thing, and these guys will know, I try to share the knowledge. It's not a secret. Um any tips or tricks that I could share with anyone mm-hmm. trying to get into long range, I will answer them to the best of my ability. And mm-hmm. if I don't know, I will say I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a, it's a good resource for anyone out there who's interested in that. You know, you can actually reach out to these guys before they get like 10 million uh, YouTube subscribers or something. And then they're, you know, they're too busy to answer. What is this? What are we showing <laughs> off here? Jerry Parker says LR118. Uh, uh-huh. See, you know, M118LR is an okay round. It's a 175, 308 round, 175 grain. It is not the most accurate. Yes, it's a military cartridge, and it's decent, but it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see. What was the other thing? Uh, okay, someone out there got my joke. Schmitz and Giggles says the new gang wars. Crips, Crips, Crips versus Fuds. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, uh, let me see. I'm trying to figure out where... Now, uh, I have seen some of your knife videos lately. Some of your... Um, your Now, do you do you actually work for these guys? Do you work for the... I uh, do. I just signed on with Microtech. Yeah, I was about to say. So, I don't know how to make all of these deploy at the same time, so I'm going to go like two at a time on mine. Bam. Oh, you got a Hellhound. I think I saw a Hellhound blade. Yeah, uh, maybe that's what's in this one. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that is a that is a Hellhound Microtech. Where did you acquire those? I didn't know you were a uh, knife guy. Um, I'm I'm getting into knives. That's why I was watching your video. See, so awesome. and the thing is, is that um, I just recently, like maybe I don't know, six months ago, started getting into Microtechs. Um, I got this in a trade. I got that that one in a trade. Um, this one used to belong to Lola. But it's now mine anyway, so nice. there you go. What is Ultra this? Tech, yeah, so, yeah, Ultratech, there you go. And this one I actually got. There's this place. in What's the name of the place in Vegas, Lola? There's a place. PVK. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. A lot of lasering and everything else. That's not yeah. a, that's not a uh, normal Microtech uh, lasering on that. No, that's the Hank Strange uh, broadcast logo actually in there. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I just signed at the beginning of this year with Microtech. I did a bunch mm-hmm. of the uh, torture test videos, and I used to 
shoot for Microtech back when they were doing some of the uh, you know the the matches. Now they're still heavily involved with sponsoring matches. They are actually the title sponsor for um, the pro am this year, mm-hmm. and then also they they sponsor Memorial Three Gun, which is a great event for an even greater cause uh, for fallen uh, special forces soldiers. Uh, they'll basically um, give all the proceeds to ten families from fallen SF soldiers. Mm-hmm. So Microtech, big hats off to them. They've supported me a lot with the shooting. I mean, there's so many different companies that have helped me along the way. Uh, but yeah, just signed to deal with them. So I'm assisting them with some videos and things like that. That's very cool. Thank you. And they just yeah. started. Um, they just started a YouTube channel, uh, Microtech Knives. And so mm-hmm. one of my first ideas was let's personalize some of the um, some of the employees with the company mm-hmm. and just show the whole process of how I <laughs> yeah. tech is from start yeah. to finish. And so that was kind of my brainchild. That's getting ready to get wrapped up. And so we'll have to do another one. Hey, Hank, does this look familiar? Tops Knives. Oh, yeah, that looks very familiar. Oh, that's, uh, what's, yeah, that's a really good-looking knife. What's that one called? That's the Fieldcraft 3.5. They just Ah. sent it to me to do a review on. I actually got, I talked to him after uh, he was on your channel. So I actually sent them an email, and Mm -hmm. this will be my first knife review. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very cool, man. That's a good-looking knife, too. Yeah, and it's really heavy duty. It's got a nice weight to it, and uh, yeah. What's the What's the purpose of that? What's the purpose of that particular knife? Is that like a hunting knife, or yeah, this would be like an all-purpose. You know, if you're out in the woods, you you um you know field dress a deer. You know, it's Mm -hmm. an all-purpose your camp like a camping knife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, personally, I would have no issues using this to field dress a deer. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, this you know I'm not huge in the knives but i definitely want to get in the knife reviews and i think this would be a good start so mm-hmm. uh great guys great company and i'm looking yeah. forward to it yeah they make cool stuff look i'll take out i'll take out a uh look i got a tops knives for you if you really want to go there boom <laughs> oh, wow. oh you always yeah. gotta build, bust out the bigger <laughs> knife don't you buddy i think this is the uh bush crafter right here the bush crafter kookery that's a knife. I don't, you know. I mean, that that was a that was a nice knife you had there. Very nice. Well, but that's nice not. About this is a knife. Knife. This is a knife right there, buddy. Go ahead. I'm so, a nice uh, Kydex <laughs> sheath there. It's got a nice audible yeah. click. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. So so just getting back to, you know, um, X-ring now. You're you're working for Microtech. So oh wait, let's see. Hold on, hold on a second here. Let's see if you guys figure out who makes this. Huh. It is not a Microtech. Okay. It is not. Um, that's a Tonto blade on there, right? Or no? Is that a Tonto blade? That's about what I know. Yes, sir. It is. Oh yeah, I like that one too. Nice, nice. Uh, uh, you know, sturdy looking Tonto blade in there. Yeah, this is uh, actually made by Borka. And okay. that is uh, by not not the the, the tools, but uh, Sebastian Berengi mm-hmm. and Borka Knives. He's done some collaborations with Microtech. That's where the stitch came from, the Microtech stitch. That was a that was uh, an originally a Sebastian design, but that is um, one of his SPKs. Oh, okay. Those are extremely pricey. Yeah, They're thousands of dollars. Yeah, I think I've heard that name before. I think I've heard that name, Borka. Yeah, I've yeah. definitely heard that. Super great guy. Yeah. So here's the um, here's the thing, you're working for Microtech now. So does that mean that we get we get a <laughs> discount? What's the what? 
Come on, Ray. <laughs> Come on, buddy. We'll, we'll talk after the show. We'll talk after the show. Yeah. How long before? <laughs> we've I actually mean, had it, we've had Microtech on the show. Some uh, reviews that don't get demonetized right away. Yes, yeah. you actually did. You yeah. had uh, Corey Campbell on the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back in the day, and I think he actually back in the day when we could actually hold firearms. I think he had uh, one of the Combat Masters on the channel as well. Uh, I think so. I'm trying to remember. We, he had a lot. He had a really uh, like some. Uh, what, what do they call the custom line for Microtech again? The uh, yeah, Marfion Customs. I mean, it, that was a great show. We need to actually... He's still there, right? Oh, yeah. I talk yeah, to Corey to... every day. We're good yeah. friends. Yeah, we need to get him. We need to get him to come back on the show. We'll probably have you on. We'll just do all knives, everything knives. You know. I'll tell you something interesting about Corey. Corey mm -hmm. is a huge tennis player. And I don't oh, yeah. mean like a little bit. I mean like we're talking really, really... Oh. Really good tennis player. Okay. And uh, I grew up doing the exact same. I had a partial scholarship in college, and so we went and played tennis. Oh, and nice. We had a great time, legit. We're not talking about, you know, dinking the ball. We're talking, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I uh, I like tennis, but uh, just for looking at the ladies play tennis, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, <Gotcha. that's... laughs> I'm I'm more of a badminton kind of guy. Oh, oh badminton. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's cool. Listen, I, I I mean I think that's cool that you're you're working over there, man. I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff. I'm trying to remember which one. I saw you torture testing the living crap out of something with. Is your six? Uh, what was that knife I saw you torture testing? I oh, think it's man. like one of these that I have. It was something you got from them, and you were like hammering it into uh, oh, okay, so the table. This, right. oh, okay. this is the actual one, but I have to okay. cover. Do you see how badly this thing is all torn up? Yeah. This I have, is... Okay, so I have to cover some information on the backside. Um, okay. But yeah, I still have it. I have all the knives from the torture test. They're just right over here. Okay. And matter of fact, the fixed blade. Yeah, it's it's right here. This was the SOCOM Alpha Mini. Mm -hmm. The one that I set on fire was the Combat Troodon. Right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all my tests are 100% legit. I usually have Rick with me when I do it. And, you know, people are like, there's no way that did. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, my word is all I've got. That's all any of us have. Oh, I believe you. I mean, how could you look at that and think this? I don't know how you stage any of that stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he posted and I shot the blade and split the bullet. Mm -hmm. and everybody's like there's no way you did that well no rick didn't i did mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. but he put it on his video and didn't show any of the shooting and so mm -hmm. it didn't get demonetized and of course mine uh, oh <laughs> yeah that's too bad that's too bad i think i think that's good stuff how a um, couple of questions here that we have for you while we're on the knife subject okay so one how long before we get an x-ring branded microtech oh that probably there. will never happen no you know what? I could probably, um, if I order enough of them, I could probably do that. It's funny you should mention that. I finally took it upon myself to attempt to get into this merchandise thing. Mm -hmm. So I just had a bunch of hats made. They're mm -hmm. nice. They're not cheap looking. Mm -hmm. uh, not as much as I wanted to spend on a hat, but <laughs> I wanted, if you I want, wanted if you want, yeah, if you want the good stuff, yeah, yeah, That's so. All a lot yeah. of effort to get that merch. Just I got some T-shirts made. I didn't think it would be that difficult, and it was. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to put it like five times. They're like, "No, that's not right. That's not what I want." Um, San Miguel See? says, "Dang, six hundred to thousand dollar knives." 
that would be a start, uh, San Miguel, yeah. because yeah. Uh, you can get into some of the customs, like the Masterpiece, mm-hmm. or some of these other ones that are three to about seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's just like the handmade. gun world. It's just like the gun world. You yeah, can get real right. expensive in guns. Um, I think, but Microtechs, I think, are worth it. Um, the so the only one that I bought out, like I bought this cash from that uh, whatever that was. I already forgot the acronym. PVK. PVK. There you go. I bought this um, outright from those guys there and had it customized. But these two knives, I just traded stuff. Nice. You know, and that's how like big the Microtech thing is that you mm. can trade with people and all of that. And uh, I think this one came in really, really messed up. And I sent it back to Microtech and they cleaned it up for us and all that kind of stuff. So that's where you get me. Like I think obviously you spend money, but when you get a, a good quality product and they take care of you on it, it's worth it. So, what are we looking at there? See the. That's the all point. I can show you because this is the only one. <laughs> oh, okay. Jeez. So, it's is this the prototype? Tease. This is the prototype of the X Ring uh, version that's coming out? Uh, no, 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 no. There is no such thing. I haven't even discussed that with them. If okay. I buy enough, I'm sure they would let me, but I, I I'm calling it right. Listen, if you need to promote it, you come back here on the show. We'll help you out. We'll all, everybody will use their social media, you know. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll I help you. sneak peek at a blade. Uh, we uh, we provide that knife. Uh, it's never been seen by public to a mm-hmm. special group, and uh, they're the only ones that have it. Period. Mm-hmm. Other than myself and the owner, uh, I was oh. fortunate enough to be able to get one okay. of those, and it's very rare. So, you, what's, you, what's the ahead. owner's name again? Marfione. Uh, Marfione. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the yeah. big bulky beard. No, no, that's, no. That's that guy Jason in your videos is someone else, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's Jason McCoy. That is not the owner. Yeah, that's one colossal dude, man. Yeah. That's, you know, you don't, you, you're going to need more than a knife to take that dude on. <laughs> yeah, Rick, follow me names. Jason is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, strong Christian guy. I mean, it's just super, super nice. Awesome, awesome. So um, yeah. let me see here. What was that? I was going to ask you something. Um Oh, what about the John Wick uh, series? I know those are not, you cannot find those anymore. The John Wick uh, Microtechs. Those are done. And it's funny because I actually had one of the Continental sets, serial number one, but I'm not a collector. I'm a user of knives. Mm -hmm. And so I actually gave it back to the owner. I said, you need to sell this. Um, I I just don't want it just sitting in the safe. I don't have a gun. You could have you could have torture tested the you know. Yeah, no, not happening. I'm sure Hank would have helped you with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll help you. He would have chopped a four by four in half for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Harry's holsters wants to know what uh, what knife for your daily use. Um, And then San Miguel was mentioning buck knives and things like that. I am not so anything that I'm into before you say what you use daily. Anything that I'm into, I do not discriminate on. Okay? This is what I believe yep. in life. Don't discriminate against the ladies. Don't discriminate against cars, guns, knives, any of those things that I'm into. I like them all. That's so, all right. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, what was the question? Oh, what's your daily use knife? Uh, my daily use has always been a SOCOM Elite Auto. Um, okay, so yeah. I was carrying Microtech before I work for them or did any of these torture tests Mm -hmm. uh i've got one that i've been carrying now for exactly 20 years Mm -hmm. um i was told by the guys at microtech that that knife needs to be retired because they can't (laughs) sharpen it anymore they said it's sharpened so much 
the blade is starting to lose its Make it into a comb. <laughs> yeah, I need to be like the beard comb. Hold on a second. Uh, is there a is there a out the front comb for Microtech? I know some yes, comb. Yeah, is. there is. Right. Yeah. 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 So beard comb. And yeah, the beard comb. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jason McCoy actually, you know, the big guy that's on the that's mm -hmm. on the videos. Mm -hmm. That usually comes with beard oil, and his wife actually makes that beard oil. Oh, interesting. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, I'm trying to grow out my beard, so I'll need some beard oil. Yeah, I, I can't. So yeah. you guys can keep the beards. This no, is all you're you set for this coronavirus, man. Apparently beards, yeah. you know, if you have a beard, you will die in the coronavirus uh, <laughs> outbreak, apparently. That's that's what I saw somewhere. Um, Rocky Mountain Bear says Hank needs the Mandalorian Microtech. Um I'm sure someone's going to make. There probably will be some kind of Mandalorian microtech out there. So. Well, there, we have the bounty hunter. They're looking. Well, you know what? I'm not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. Don't anything. get. Yeah, don't get in trouble. Don't get yourself in trouble. <laughs> I'm not buddy. Get in trouble or anything, but because we need that discount, man. We need you yeah. need to maintain over there microtech. So we get now. <laughs> I know Harrison. Um, I, I met him many times. Mm -hmm. It really depends on what he's looking for in regards to what he's doing with the knife. Okay. Mm -hmm. Look, I understand that Microtech is known for and makes some of the best out the fronts in the world, if not the best. Mm -hmm. However, I like a, a classic switchblade because mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about sand or grit or anything else. Now, these knives are completely reliable. These out the fronts are reliable, but they require a little more maintenance. You can't mm -hmm. get sand into the action. You have to service them. Mm -hmm. Just like your concealed carry pistol, you know? Yeah. If you're carrying a 1911 you're going to have to service it a little more than that Glock that you can carry for a year with two pounds yeah, of linen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I was about to say that, man. My Glock always has linen in it. <laughs> yeah, still, exactly. And it's still fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, like half my jeans wind up in the Glock. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I don't know how that's possible. You're looking for light. Yeah, I, I always thought that was just me, man. That was the lit magnet for the... Oh, that's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I, and I think that's something that happens to you with Kydex, especially, right? So if we ever want to get into the, you know, the thing, that's one of the things of that. Um, Jackson says, I'm poor. My EDC is cold steel. What do you guys think? Uh, like, like, I know, Elsters, you, you know, when it comes to knives and stuff like that, you're not necessarily dropping a lot of money. Um, no. What's your this is all philosophy? New to, this is all new to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I really, be honest with you. I'd never carry a knife. I'm mm -hmm. not an expert on knives, but I want to get into it and I want to start. And you got to start mm -hmm. somewhere. So, mm -hmm. like I said, I, I contact Tops Knife and I'm like, hey, I want to start somewhere with a knife review and especially mm -hmm. something that's, I wouldn't say is YouTube friendly, but you know, mm -hmm. it seems like the second you shoot mm -hmm. uh, a gun in any video, it's instantly demonetized. So, I, I want to try and, I'm not getting way off the beaten path, but I definitely want to start somewhere. And I think this, you know, this field knife, this, uh, Oh, let's see here, this Fieldcraft 3.5, I think that's going to be a good start for me. So, Yeah, I think hey, that's Tom, a good knife. It's, it's utilitarian. Go ahead. Yep. It is funny you should mention that because when YouTube was hitting me hard and also demonetizing when I requested the review and it was just no, all the way across us, yeah. that's how the whole torture test on Microtech came about. I said, you know what? Heck with the guns. Let me go ahead and throw some knife torture tests out there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, they did yellow, but then after requesting the, the review, they went green. Mm -hmm. That's where all this stuff originated was Rick and I were talking. They're killing our channel. You know what's yeah. funny is, you know, I went out to SHOT Show and I did an insane amount of videos right mm -hmm. out of the gate. I think I did 
almost 15 videos of SHOT Show. Mm -hmm. And every single one was monetized other than one. And all my other videos, I'm flipping a gun around, I'm doing whatnot. And the, the Athlon booth is the one that got demonetized. Athlon. What's, what was Athlon that? scopes. All I was really? hold, I was just holding a scope. And I, yeah. I asked for review, and they still demonetized. It's kind of yeah. random. I mean, I'll tell you guys right now. I put up videos where I'm just talking. I just shot a video here today talking about, I don't know. Lolo will tell me if it's, if it's turned on or not. Um, but I just put up a video talking about Eminem did an interview recently, which he doesn't do a lot of interviews, but you know, he, it was about an hour long and he put out this album called music to murder people by, right. Mm -hmm. And one of the first songs on there is called darkness. Basically it's talking about what happened in Vegas. And in this interview, the guy, which is one of his own guys as a rapper, um, was, was one of his own, someone that signed to his label was interviewing him. He asked him about the whole gun thing, and Eminem was talking about how uh, he doesn't think anyone needs 150 guns. Right? What? So, yeah, so I had to... Huh? Whatever said the guy that profits off videos in the past based off guns? Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of things that he's done in that where he's like threatened people on records. He actually assaulted someone with a with a gun before. Um, I think it was empty, so he just got probation. But Eminem's done a whole bunch of craziness. The guy he was talking to is like a gangster rapper and all that kind. Of, I'm I'm not against any of that. I I've done things in the in the hip hop realm myself, right? But I had to make a video responding to that. And I'm telling you that even just a video of me talking gets demonetized. You know, so it's very random of what it is, you know, of what it is that triggers that thing. Um, yeah. You really, really be surprised at what's going on over there. And sometimes it feels like specific people just get tagged and everything they do, you get hit. Or if you get hit, then from then on, they just keep following you. And, every, you know, mm -hmm. somehow you fall into a category. Lots of weird things going on out there. And I think ultimately, w what is this all about, this stuff that we do, right? It's about where somehow, um, other than using these things for practical purposes, like you do, um, like X-Ring does, we, we love this stuff, right? We enjoy it. We feel passionate about it. We have mm -hmm. a desire that picks us up and drives us to go out there and test stuff and shoot things and find out and, and mess around, experiment with things. And we have to like not let that fire get put out by all this nonsense that these these people are doing. You yeah, and, and it's sad. Like the second you, you have a firearm, it just goes bang, it's done. And it's but it's not going to stop me. I don't care. You demonetize them all. I'm just going to keep yeah. on going. Yeah. So yeah, we just have to find ways to you know to figure out how to do yeah. what we're doing here. I'm, I'm you know, sorry. talking Go about ahead. talking mm -hmm. about shot show. I was. Mm -hmm hoping to run into you guys out there and i yeah i never saw I you at shot show i don't think i feel I, I like you, i feel like you were avoiding me hank were you no. were you avoiding <laughs> no, me no no not at all <laughs> not at all i was there i was there um but shot shows are like it's get it, it's it's just one of these things right it's so big it's so massive you're everyone's running around doing stuff and people just go like this you know or never never um see each other um yeah. So it's, it was my first year. I actually enjoyed it other than mm -hmm. getting stupid sick when I got home. I mean, like mm -hmm. a whole different level of sickness when I came home the very first day I got back. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. It's like it took the cold and the flu and put it together and times it by 10. Oh, my God. Yeah, you so are. You are patient zero. 
yeah. <laughs> Talking about that, my girlfriend's prepping up. I, I my my reload room's in the basement here, and you know, I got you don't see it, but behind here is nothing but shelving units and right she went and cleared one out and she's already prepping away baby <laughs> so, so maybe this is a good thing to talk about since the coronavirus i guess is going to be real for us here in america it's been real yeah. um what are you guys doing to prep for all of this well yesterday i was at mm-hmm. i was at work and she started texting me and she's mm-hmm. she's uh talk about face masks you think we should buy some face masks i'm like well let's talk about this when we get home you know i'm at work it's and too late for that so yeah so i get home and uh so we start talking about it and we eat dinner and then this trump goes on you know this live broadcast of you know this that and the other and has some experts and they did say you know it's not a matter of when it's a matter of it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when it happens mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. There, i mean there is the potential it, it could it could be bad but it was immediately after that we went to the local uh, menards and stockpiled with with water and god knows what else because mm-hmm. it had to be done but yeah. i don't know i I, we, I said as long as we get stuff that i know we're eventually going to use anyways uh it's fine but i don't know it who, who knows if it's being blown up proportion or not? I, mm-hmm. It's hard to say. I mean, you look at what's going over, going on in Italy right now. Some of those places are literal ghost towns. And, mm-hmm. you know, China, Hong Kong, South South Korea is very, very bad right now. And they're, I've seen a couple of videos uh, where they're doing drills, stopping mm-hmm. people at, uh, you know, in the, on the road and testing their temperature. And if they're if their temperature is too high, they're pulling them over and they're testing them out right there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's oh, a China situation. doesn't mess around. Yeah, they're locking. Yeah. They, they need so. to lock it down. I mean, it, it yeah. could have an effect on them. Uh, a couple things. So uh, one of these days this week, we had Paul Chiapa from uh, Battle Arms Development on the show. And he said he's going to Iwa, right? The uh, what is that again? The International Weapons, whatever. What does Iwa stand for? I had it pulled up here. Um, I'll try to bring it up again. So anyway, he said he was going to the Iwa show, and then he was going to, um, he he was gonna, I think, go to Italy. No, so, you don't want to go yeah. to Italy. Right well, now. it's interesting that I know the Firearms blog has an article talking about how Iwa Outdoor Classic and Enforced Tac twenty twenty postponed due to coronavirus concerns. Well, you know, there's so. that lady in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- first diagnosed case in California. Yeah. And it sounds like they're pushing off the incubation, inca, oh, I can't say the word, incubation period mm-hmm. uh, longer. You know, they first initially started out, I think it was like five, six days. And now they're saying it's more almost two, two weeks. Yeah. Well, these ones, these pandemics where it takes a long incubation, incubation time, mm-hmm. those are the dangerous ones because you can't catch them right away. And this lady, it sounds like she went, what, almost two weeks without being known and god knows how many people she came in interaction with and for all you know that's the start right there in the united states and it's it's it is scary and it could be potentially bad maybe we should be stocking up but i don't know i i figured as long as we're getting products that we can eventually use anyways i think it would be a start like water and whatever i think people should be preparing all the time that's my uh personal thing about it because there's this massive uh, events that could happen, right? But there's the event, the, the more likely thing to happen is the event in your life, 
okay, the, the crisis in your life where you get fired or you have some massive expense and then you just don't have money to do other things for whatever reason. So that's a thing that people should always prep for and have like canned goods and water and things like that around, uh, in my opinion. When, th- when stuff like this happens and it becomes news, it's already too late. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could tell you like Lola works at a hospital here in Gainesville. Um, there's no masks anymore. That's over and done with, right? There's a massive run going on those things. And as this news builds up out there, I think they said that basically on the planet, I was looking at, I think, Tucker Carlson, and he was talking about how on the planet, 70% of us are going to get the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill everyone, you know, but even if it kills, let's say, half a percent of people, that might be 27 million people. It's going to it's going to actually just become just like the regular virus, like the flu. Well, well they're like saying the, right yeah. now preliminary death rates is 2%. As you're talking two out of every hundred. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's serious. And you, yeah, is there the chance that you're probably going to meet a family member or a friend of a friend that has passed away? And it's there is the pen, potential for that. And it's I think something you should take serious. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Ray, what, what do you think about it? I was actually trying to pull something up. I have a friend of mine that is a doctor out in Arizona, and we were having a conversation. I'm trying to pull the exact date up here. It was about four weeks. No, it was January the 30th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys, this was January the 30th. Mm-hmm. It was at 6.52, and he said, public health emergency for novel coronavirus. That was January 30th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was before it was even in the news or anything else. And he got that warning and shared it with me when I was texting him. We were talking about some other stuff. And at the time, I had not even heard of it on January the 30th. I mean, I just it wasn't in the news or anything else. And he said, uh, shouldn't be hit too hard by the virus. We already have a case here. <laughs> 30th. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's by the time they figure these things out, people have already traveled all over the world and stuff has moved around and we're going to get these things. Like, I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as everyone thinks. Um, I see someone saying that like on, you know, on certain sides of politics or news or whatever, they're happy because they think this is going to be a bad thing for administration or whatever's going on there. Ultimately, this happens like these things don't care who's president or whatever the hell is going on. Things like this happen, and there's really not a lot we could do about it. We could just, you know, what are you going to do? Stay home, hide yeah. in your house, and, like, tape up the windows. We're, you know, we're just not there. I think we just have to go about our every day. If you get sick, go to the hospital. <laughs> Follow Well, the coronavirus isn't something new. The mm-hmm. coronavirus has been around forever. This is just a mutation of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're saying if, if you do get sick – at least preliminary wise, uh, mm-hmm. you're pretty much going to be boarding yourself up in your house for a minimum of two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and w- what happens? I mean, th- you're seeing it right now in Italy. Business are shutting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, schools are shutting down. The streets are pretty much a ghost town in some areas, especially in northern uh, Italy. Um, you know, to see something like that hit the United States. God forbid it ever does. You're really going to see a massive hit in the stock market. Um, I don't know. God forbid that happens, and let's pray it doesn't. But yeah. I think you should prepare for it. Um, 
But I mean, the question is, is when, when do you prepare yeah. for, do you wait until it's a crisis? You know, I, well, I, so what I'm saying is I think if we, if you're talking about waiting until it's a crisis, we're already past that because yeah. whenever everyone realizes it and starts talking about it, we're already there. The thing well, I mean, is, when I'm mm -hmm. saying a crisis, like people are lining up at the grocery stores and mm -hmm. wiping those shelves clean at what point? And, and if that does mm -hmm. happen, it's going to be probably overnight. You know, mm -hmm. it's not something where it's going to be eventual build up to it. It's most mm -hmm. likely going to be like within a day or two. I think it depends I, where I, it is. I, I mean, I've heard in California, they're already just buying up all the like uh, the dry freeze dried food, all that kind of stuff. You know, the. People, I think people are already doing all of that. So if you haven't been doing that, that all this time, to go out now and try to like panic and buy it online or do whatever, you're going to probably already see all those prices kicking up. But ultimately, um, the, the, the number one thing when things go wrong, I don't know, this is just me. When things go wrong, that's when you need to like slow down and breathe and pay attention to everything that's going on instead of like going into panic mode. But I think it's just like how uh, people are, are, are programmed. I'm sure, uh, you know, Ray, you can jump in here anytime. Uh, there's, there's some, yeah, I, I think that once every, when everyone else knows about it or everyone else is already talking about it like we are, it's kind of, you're already on the doorstep of too late. So now right. you just have to keep moving and just make sure that you're slowing down everything that you're doing and thinking about everything that you're doing. And ultimately, we're here in America versus being yeah. somewhere else. If you're sick, go to the doctor, go to the hospital, follow instructions, let them test you. It's more than likely just the flu. Right. So you, you got the flu, you deal with that, you move on. If we really get to that panic stage, especially us, like in this community, it's not like no one's been saying be prepared for things before way before they happen. Yeah. You know? Well, my, my girlfriend used this new Walmart pickup system where you can order online and mm -hmm. you drive up to the Walmart and you say you're there and they instantly bring it out for you. And it, mm -hmm. she says it's great. Uh, but she did that with some water and some basics. And. Uh, the lady came out, pushed out the car, loaded up, loaded up her vehicle, and she's like, can I ask what you're doing? Like, what do you use this for? <laughs> she, she says, well, I'm preparing. And she's like, well, you're not the first. So Okay, yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing that you could do. And a lot of it depends on where you are. So, like, what part of the country you're in? You know, are you in the country? Or are you in the city? You know, what would happen to you where you are? Like, if you're thinking about food and stuff like that, you know, where you are, can you can you get food from others? There's, there's like so much that goes into this that I think at this point, if for most people out there, if you really didn't think about it, the thing that you need to do, be clean. Think about what you're doing. If you're sick or someone in your family is sick or even people at work suggest they go get checked out, uh, it's really quick for them to figure out whether or not you have the flu. I had it like right before we went to SHOT Show. And um, I actually had the flu lost it it came back because i did like what i'm trying to tell everyone don't do i was like oh whatever it'll <laughs> be fine and then so i had it lost it it came back then i decided oh let me go to the doctor they tested me they're like okay you've got the flu you know and then we, we took care of that situation if it's not that and you have the coronavirus you do what they tell you to do and the scary part is they're saying you can be a carrier of the coronavirus mm -hmm. and not show any symptoms mm -hmm. and that's a pretty 
pretty dangerous recipe for a pandemic. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I, I'm not a prepper. Never have. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I figured as long as we get some <laughs> products, I know we'll eventually use that anyways. I guess I'm game. But, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So. so. What do you, yeah, it was funny. Mm-hmm. Elvis today, you were talking about the Ewa show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they already had three people scheduled to go over there, you know, because mm-hmm. we've been over there every year for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're not worried about it. They're just blowing this out of proportion. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. I'm not worried about <laughs> it. I was like, okay, well, I was, I was, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't go to that show. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, I'm glad I'm not going. Well, sure enough, the owner comes in and says, I'm not going to take the chance. No one's going. And of course, you know, everybody's like, man, we're supposed to leave next Wednesday. Well, here it is. They postpone the show, you know. Well, because think about it logically. Probably not a good time to leave America. No, I, and you know, <laughs> if I were scheduled to be on that plane, it's one of those. I don't want to be on a plane breathing mm-hmm. that recirculated air over in Europe. I, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe anyway. Mm-hmm. Anybody, <laughs> you can ask. Is your six covered? Mm-hmm. Every single door in my truck has hand sanitizer in it. Oh. It's just <laughs> insane. With it's like. Yeah. You know that's where the that's where the zombie apocalypse is coming from, right? That hand oh, sanitizer, yeah. man. Hand sanitizer, we yeah. are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what's gonna cause it. You're going zombie yeah. first. <laughs> Rick better watch his back for for reals, okay. not just the name. Someone knows I drink a lot of Diet Coke, and they uh-huh. sent me a link today saying that Diet Coke supplies will be affected because half <laughs> oh, of the that source from overseas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? And I was like, well, I'm good. I've got like 50 cases of this. I'm worse than Rick with his pure leaf. Okay? Oh, How about your Krispy Kremes? Is that Chris, the Krispy Kremes going to get hit there? I don't probably, have or? any facility for that, but I've got about cases <laughs> of these. I hope you learn how to make your own donuts then. Oh, yeah. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like every time I watch an X-Ring video, uh, there's – is your six covered in the background with a bottle mm-hmm. of iced tea and That's he's it. chopping on a Krispy Kreme. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're literally neighbors. So <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing today. You'll make a video. Sure. You want to <laughs> shoot some guns? That's, yeah. That's I mean, you know, get some, get some video in the can, you know, yeah. shout out to Aries. I see, actually I see John Crump out there. I see Aries training facility out there. Shout out to those guys. Let's see. Were there any other questions that we didn't get to? I don't know if we've gotten enough coronavirus stuff. I see uh, there was some person that asked actually if he shoots a 50 BMG, which in my opinion is the most in, inaccurate uh, round on the man. <laughs> I had like three of them. There's no place to shoot them uh, that allows it unless you go to a 50 BMG range. And the thing is, is as a rule, they're not that accurate. Oh, they're terribly accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and so... You know, even 338 Lapua, you know, I, I had quite a few of those, sold all of those because most of your ranges won't allow it. It kills mm-hmm. the steel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. I think yeah. you'd, more, most people would rather have a, if you're shooting long distance, be like a Shytac or something, you know, yeah. yeah. rather than a 50 BMG. It's the most, not the, well, it's expensive, but the most inaccurate 50 round. is just fun, man. It's just a big unless, bada boom. Unless you, know, unless love, you got a Modus hooked up to your Jeep, yeah. that's about it. So, By the way, yeah. I, sh- I shoot 50. There you go. Boom. <laughs> it's just a, it's a bit, it's a nice big round, but yeah, you know. Okay, if Flying you, Rich, uh, ask mm-hmm. you a question, Todd. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Uh, so what kind of lube do I use? So I Yeah, he, that's I, a, don't yeah. take that seriously. Yeah, no, I can show you actually. I got it in this oh. down here. <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> yeah. 
what, Get those what, hands up there, Todd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I think so on the on the subject of 50, I think it's a good like if you you know, nice big round fun to shoot or whatever. I've seen, you know, it could stop stuff, I guess, you know. I've seen it stop engines and things like that, but Well, put it this way, depends if you, on what if you're, you're trying to do with it. Like like you guys said before, right? If you're trying to do accuracy at at long distance and all that, you're probably looking for something else. If you're watching these guys that are now shooting 3 miles, they're not using 50 BMG. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be some type of shy attack, most likely. Or whatever. What's the practical purpose of uh, fifty? Is it used in the military? Uh, what's the? Yeah, it's just a modus, uh, uh, you know, armor piercing tank mm-hmm. type thing. That's about it. Yeah, yeah the so. juice says fifty BMG out of a bolt rifle is accurate. I had two that were not accurate. So, and that's with hand loads and everything else. It's okay, but it's not like a precision rifle. No. But then again, it goes a lot further as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everything, it's a balance of everything, you know, depends what you what you really want to do, the weight, all that kind of stuff. So. so I got a question for you, Hank. How's your your car channel doing, man? I you ever thought about doing like a collaboration with like Tactical Toolbox or anything, buddy? Um, yeah, I would like actually I was at SEMA show last year, end of last year with Jonathan from Tactical Toolbox. Him, myself and Walter, we all went out there. Um, obviously I, I know he's doing like fantastically with his channel cause he's just really OCD and, and, and has yeah. everything under control. Mine now it looks like he's, he started out with like a civic or something. Yeah. Like civic type too. R that he's working yeah. on that he's hooking yeah. up, which is looking really badass. Mine, I have more videos than I've, that I've actually finished editing and put up on mine. Like, um, I think someone was asking me about my R8 that I had, whether or not I did a whole big video on it, which I shot all the video, but I never had time to actually put that all together. Don't even have that car anymore. Um, I actually have an RS5 coupe right now, and I have a um, I have a Suzuki Samurai as well. And I'm trying to work on that stuff and, and get it done, and every now and then I put out something. But the bigger focus for me is all of this stuff that I'm doing here. So um, I appreciate people going there, checking out the channel, subscribing. We are shooting content for that all the time. Uh, we're going to continue to do that. Hopefully, I do get to uh, to do something with Jonathan, some kind of collaboration. Yeah, um, it's really hard to start out, I think, as a car channel, you know, yeah. and, you know, you got to build your way up kind of like what Jonathan's well, doing. Well, I mean, and, and like for me, I'm running three separate YouTube channels plus social media. So yeah. I've got Hank Strange, and we're putting up videos there all the time. Then we have this, which we're putting up videos Monday to Friday. The, this live show and then we're stripping out the audio and that's going up and there's a whole process involved with that so i mean these are things that i'm into and i'm passionate about it have you heard of any like videos from car channels getting demonetized for some stupid reason i've heard that youtube across the board people get demonetized yes oh really <laughs> it depends on huh. what you you know uh what you say all kinds of different things like what's in your titles and your description what kind of tags you're using. But as gun people, we're not the only people um, getting demonetized, so far as I know. Now, obviously, some people have it easier. Um, I know yesterday, actually yesterday's episode, we had Brandon Herrera, the AK guy. Um, he was here on the show, and he was saying that there's probably some like worse stuff coming down the line from YouTube. Obviously, they had all this COPPA stuff. That's the reason now why yeah. you got to certify this is not for kids and all that. And, um, yeah, who knows? There's going to be lots of other things coming from 
from YouTube and all these platforms here in the future. And what I think we need to do about it all is just figure out how we're going to survive and get through all of that. So, um, God, you, you wouldn't think it could possibly get any worse. Yeah. Harry's Holster says guns are $500-ish. Uh, cheap cars are $5,000 <laughs> if you buy old and used. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole... It's a whole different ball game. Um, the biggest part of it is what do you focus on, right? Mm -hmm. So if you decided to focus on something, you could do well with that. I'm not dropping this gun thing yet. They're gonna have to like drag me kicking and screaming out of here. So. Um, so what what else are you doing there, X-ring, when you're not shooting guns? I mean, do you have any other hobbies that you're? Um. Yeah, a lot of different things, but uh, yeah, just shoot guns a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, probably can't talk about it. Probably can't. Yeah, talk he's about he's it. a really secretive yeah, kind of guy. I, I, yeah. I just I have a lot of different things that I do. I mean, and the guys that that live around me know. I mean, yeah, it, it that doesn't matter. I got my hands in all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, most of us do, right? Just uh, just being a yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. We're just always yeah, into I, different things. I started the channel. It was supposed to be motorcycles and all this other stuff. Yeah. I did one video and somebody was like, oh, you're going to be, and I don't, I don't watch YouTube that often, but mm -hmm. what's up? Nothing fancy. Didn't he start doing yeah. a lot of KTMs or something? Yeah, yeah nothing fancy. He's always been into bikes and stuff. Yeah, and cars. Yeah. yeah someone He's said, oh, huge in the knives. Mm -hmm. This is going to be another nothing fancy channel. And I was like, you know what? And, you know, some of my friends advised me. They were like, just stick to guns. Don't branch out. I don't know if I buy into that. I think I want to branch yeah, out a little bit. I don't. I don't buy into that. I think follow your interests and your passion. Yeah. Um, that's the thing to do. I know when I started doing this, like seven years ago, you could put all the things on one channel. I find now, so I would just do it seasonally. Uh, when the time came for me to go do tech stuff, or when I was into cars or whatever, I could put it up. It was fine. Um, I find now that the way that everything's working, you kind of have to separate it. But look, if this is what you're into and you you already have the cameras and everything, you've already figured out how to edit and all that, just do it. Do it at your own pace. And as long as you're having fun, go with that. Because if you do just guns, when you burn out on that, what is going to pull you out of that burnout and stop you from giving up? Yeah. Some other interest that you're like, oh, let me do, do this a little bit. And then that'll reinvigorate. When you go over to that thing, then you'll start missing the guns, and you'll come back and do more. You know, it's just, um, it's just how we work as human beings. I think, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at least, at least capture it. At least get the video. That's what I do. I shoot a lot of videos with stuff. Can't get to everything and edit it. I we I just put up a video on my channel of of me and Lola and some other folks who went out with Brownells, and we were. Um, we were on Ox Ranch and Drive Tanks in Texas, um, which was freaking awesome. But we, I was shooting a howitzer in that video. That's two years old. I just put it up, uh, I don't know, yesterday. <laughs> but we did that two years ago. <laughs> so I, I do have a good question for you, X-Ring. Mm -hmm. uh, you posted a video, I think it was like an MP5 full auto. And I think it had a, like, what was it, a suppressed? Yes, sir. I think I had the CGS. The, are, are those all your NFA firearms, or are you like? Uh, I I manage a huge inventory of NFA items. That's uh -huh. all I can say. 
Okay. <laughs> Come okay, on. Very nice. Very nice. You, Spill the beans, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, it kind of like what Hank just now said about fil filming something two years ago. Yeah. I have so many videos that I completely edited and just never threw them up. I mean, they're just sitting. Uh, but, I mean, machine guns out the wazoo. But then I started seeing that nobody cared about the machine guns. Those didn't get the views. Yeah, sure, you know, two-handing a Glock 18, yeah, it might get some views. Or maybe the MP7A1. But nobody really cares. Where it's at for my channel was the precision rifle stuff. Mm -hmm. It is it is the huge segment of my channel. And I, mm -hmm. I just kind of did away with the machine gun stuff. I mean, I'll throw one in there every once in a while. Just yep. You know who watches it? Gamers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all game. Everybody's like, pub, pub, you know, P-U-B-G. I can't even pronounce it because I'm yeah, not you don't a know what they're talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm like, okay. You know, and the yeah. guy was like, you 8X scope on that. I'm like you talking about <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i think that that's one thing the way that youtube does work now if you get known for something then that's what you're going to get the best results because the algorithm sees that okay this mm -hmm. is a long distance shooting and so it's going to suggest that based on what everyone else is uh looking at so that's why i'm saying now you might have to separate those things to to really do it but yeah. it's on, on top of all of that it's very tough to know what's the thing that's why you just have to follow whatever you're into yeah. and, f and yeah. figure out why you're doing this and all of this is actually still evolving you know like we think there's everything all the ground rules and everything for this are set they're all in flux we're not really that deep into this we're not even 20 years into this youtube thing at this point mm-hmm you know, and so. I, I thoroughly enjoyed like your suppressor review. So like, like that switchback mm -hmm. you just did too. I mean, yeah. That's... See, that's another one. That one's edited and I never had a chance to put it out, but that's a, the actual test, the full test is a good one. I just, I haven't gotten around to it. It's been real busy, you know, because of the Bushnell and all of that. The, the suppressor stuff is kind of neat, but just the, the machine gun stuff, eh, you know, mm -hmm. and I got to clean them and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. What kind of accessories are you guys getting into lately? Uh, just to turn this conversation in a completely different direction. Yeah. Any cool Thank accessories? You. I know the last time you were on, you said that you're coming out with the Torque kit, and I think as your six was talking about it, I think that's out, right? Uh, yes, and it, it's okay. not mine. It's uh, by Borka Tools. That mm. is uh, Boris and Kay, um, mm -hmm. and it is his design, but he named a certain kit uh, after me. It's just going to be the initials RH. Um, mm -hmm. And basically it is their full blown kit with every single option. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's out. That is it. Do we get Very to see it? Can we see it here? Do you have one around? I actually have it in my truck. Oh, it's in the uh, truck. Okay. It's in the truck. Yeah. Is your, is your six might have it. He might've gone. <laughs> actually he, he bought one. He did yeah. buy one. <laughs> what are you guys, uh, what is it selling for? The RH kit, so basically... Where, where could I find it? I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up on the screen. Just tell me. Shooterstools.com. Shooters Tools? Okay. Shooters Tools. He does not and has never discounted his uh, since 2010 when the company was started. If mm. you send me an email with your name and zip code, I forward that list to him and I basically pick up the shipping for you. So it'll save you about 7.5%. Uh, that's on any product. It doesn't have to be my kit. Okay. And uh, basically, it is. And how do I find it here on the website? This is kind of like an old school website. 
Yeah, uh, if you, uh, it's uh, precision torque limiters kits. So uh, BTD, uh, Borka torque driver, and look for the RH kit. Okay. Huh. Okay, I'm on the ray of extrude. Okay, I'm still trying to find it here on the site. It's not very yeah. easy to navigate, I'll tell you that. Okay, I'm yeah, going to because there's like so many different variations on the kit. Um, but very well, very well known torque driver kit. You know, it's yes. like if you're if you're in the competition or anything, it's pretty much going to be your standard. You know, if you're not going to start with anything less like a bat wrench or anything. Yeah, that's a that's torque. a field use heavy duty use kit. That that is not for your everyday guy that's just going. I'm looking for something. I want to spend twenty dollars on it. This is mm. this is all well thought out okay the btd is that the one yeah look for that rh there will also be a jm for john mcquay okay it's still Com combo kit okay b8 uh rh or bh combo kit rh 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 combo okay and i believe the msrp on that's uh 285 Okay, do you have a video on this that you put up? Because that's probably, I think yeah, that's what comes up. all those videos that he uses on his uh, instructional videos, okay. I filmed all of those. Okay, so here we go. I'll throw this up for... Uh... Oh, oh, Flying Rich says he uses his Harbor Freight Wrench. Yeah, okay, so if you're, if you're a motorhead and, you know, if you're looking at valve cover yeah. torque, you know, yeah. and it says, it, let's just make up a number, 20 foot-pounds. Yeah, you can go elbow tight and use your elbow wrench, but most of us, if you're building a high-end race car or something, I guarantee you, you're going to have a snap-on or a Mac or something, yep. you're going to be putting it at 20 foot-pounds. Mm -hmm. Why would you do any differently on an eight or fifteen or $20,000 rifle? Yep. So, you know, and especially something that you can service it out in the field. Like I said, it might not be the kit for everyone, uh, but if you've got a good quality precision setup, that's the only kit. Just like you said, Todd, it is kind of the standard. Yeah, is that what is that what you took with you on that competition, that elite sniper challenge, or I, I did, but I took a few things out that I did not find necessary. Okay, yeah. and when I say necessary, my kit has I do have this. Frank. Okay, we'll see where he went off to here. So this is the actual yeah. inch pounds torque driver itself, okay. right? And it fits in a Maxpedition kit and has everything with it. But within that kit, especially on mine, it has these precision torque limiters. And they are set for four inch pounds. And four inch pounds would be like for your cap screws for your turrets. And then I have one in there that's for 100 inch pounds, which is for your uh, through bolts for Night Force, uh, the heavy duty rings. I didn't need to carry this out in the field. Uh, when I could have this as a full range from 10 all the way to 70 inch pounds. Uh, so, yeah, I lightened the pack up, and that's why it's in my truck, but I needed to make sure I had tools with me. What did you have all in your pack? Like, just quick okay, one over your so, pack. Yeah, so if you want to talk about gear, one of the biggest things that's going to help you in an event like this are a set of laser range finding binos. Uh, big shout out to Hamilton Boykin with uh, Leica. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with Leica, and Hamilton's really taking care of me. Uh, but if you don't have a set of laser range-finding binoculars, you're already starting to lose time because they're blind stages. So when you get up there and you both get behind guns, 
you're going to lose that field of view. Whereas if you get a good pair of 10 power fixed, you're immediately scanning. You're going to see it better with the stereoscopic vision and boom, I've got the distance. And so if you can convey that to your shooting partner, these are a huge advantage. You're going to see these and you're going to see the Steiners. So how much is something like that? What does that run? Uh, about $3,000. Okay. All right. Now, these do have not only laser range finding capability, but they also have uh, the new ones where you can link it straight to your Kestrel. And mm -hmm. so it will tell you the holds and everything else. All of Wind that. readings, you name it. Correct. Because I, I did some beta testing for Leica when their, when their first 1800 comms came out, which was their laser range finders that mm -hmm. pair with the Kestrel. Mm -hmm. You got to have something like that. Uh, I also have my rifle, your magazine, your pistol, your, your pistol belt. Um, I had a lot of cold weather gear and most guys were literally freezing. I mean, Bryson one morning, he just could not stop shaking. I was like, dude, you cannot wear any type of cotton. I said, you just can't do it. Cause you're going to get it mm -hmm. wet and keep you wet. And so we actually had to go back to back so we could, you know, get some warmth, but, uh, oh, I had a lot boy. of cold weather gear, you know, toboggans, gloves, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Big shout out to outdoor research. I'm one of their industry pros and I had all their gear on. I never got cold. I actually fell asleep like three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I know it looks expensive to people out there. It's you know, um, it's an expensive thing to get into if you you know, depending on how you're doing it. Yeah, doesn't mean that you but, can't get but into it. But you almost have to have. I mean, look at the metals behind them. I mean, it's just it shows. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not that you have to. And somebody's commenting on here. Did he say twenty thousand dollar rifle? By the time you get an Accuracy International. And then you throw a, a Knight 47 to 35 on there. And then you throw a Wilcox Raptor on there. Now, I think we've talked about this before. I don't know if, if, if we did or not, Hank. I'm trying okay, to remember so if this, we actually saw this. I don't remember this, but someone correct okay, me. Okay, so all of your special operations guys are going to have these. There were a ton of these at the match. Uh, these are about $6,000, and it mounts on top of a perch on your scope. And this is a laser range finder, but it also has applied ballistics on it. So I have a tether cord that was running to the side of the rifle. And so if I get up on target and I, I see something, as soon as I press that button, I wait just a second. And it's going to tell me not only the distance, how much can't I have in my rifle, but it'll also give me the firing solution. So if it says 6.2 mils, all I do is go hold 6.2 mils. Hopefully I'm reading my wind because it's not going to do that for you. However, there's been so many uh, military teams showing up with these things. This kind of knocks your privateer guy out of there. Yeah. So and they kinda, what's the cost? What's the cost on that? Six thousand dollars. Six. Okay. Yeah. All and right. so, um, I didn't actually did not even use it. I took it off the rifle on the third day because so many people are showing up with these, especially military groups, that they made a lot of the snipers' hides such that there was a slit about this big. So you could get just the scope and just the barrel <laughs> that blocked this. So you yeah. couldn't see laser readings. So we didn't even use this. So I actually took it off and left it in the truck. Live and learn, right? Well, you know, in the past, it was that advantage that you don't want another team getting just because they have it and you don't. But it was not a benefit in this match at all. Yeah. And ultimately, no matter how expensive all your tools are, if you don't know how to use them, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so that you couldn't use it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, what kind? How was the uh, guy? So you came in third, right? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, we came in third, and we were just a couple points behind second. Second was definitely within our reach. Um, we just – I think we need a little more season time together as a team, and we could have definitely got second place. I'm a realist, though. First place, I commend them. Those guys knocked it out of the park. We could not have caught them with the team that we had. Myself and Bryson being teammates, yeah. those guys had their junk together. They were shooting like a 6'5", 47 Lapua, I think it is, and their primary never missed. And hmm. so he was getting 3-2-1, 3-2-1, 3-2-1. What was their background? Obviously, you know, I don't know. Like I know some they people. were big-time PRS shooters. Okay. This was not new to them, and basically they said, we're going to give our primary all of the time. Secondary doesn't even need to shoot, and I'm going to rack up every one of them. points. <laughs> did. Yeah, that's kind of what you did at the end there too, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, but it was too late then. Now we're now we're playing catch up. Mm-hmm. But uh, those guys killed it. They did. Well, you said you never did it before, right? And this is the, or this is the first time you guys as a team went out there and did it. You came in third. No, no, I've done a lot of sniper okay. matches with that style format. Bryson mm-hmm. has not mm-hmm. ever. Um, this was his first time doing that, mm-hmm. and. And I'm not going to talk bad about Bryce, and I don't want this to be misconstrued. No, it's, Bryce, lear- it's learning. He has yeah. a three-gun background. So when you are done with your pistol and you're done with your shotgun and you throw that, that AR up at that 400-yard target, you know, i got a 40-round mag. Tech, 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 tech. I'll hit it, you know, and that's the way he shoots. Yeah. This is not what this is. <laughs> this is settle, hit. That's what mm. it has to be. And he started mm. getting that towards the end, but yeah. it's just different. It's a different game. And, yeah. And it's like you almost have a conversation like no matter what happens, we got to keep our calm, or keep our cool. Like it's hard to not yell at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we did not get angry with each other, but we had uh, some discussions after the yeah. second night about how things were going. And my biggest thing, you know, we're, I, I don't enter anything to lose. <laughs> I don't. If I was going to do that, I'll stay home. You know, I, I, I'll shoot out here in the yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I don't, if I don't think I can't do well, I mean, why even enter? You know. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of driven. I will tell you, wearing the GoPro was um, an eye opener for me because I realized that I can be a little bit of an ass in a competition. <laughs> <laughs> you go into that mode. <laughs> That's survival mode. That's called survival. Yeah, I, I got so much out. I looked at that and I was like, "Dang, I wouldn't want to shoot with me." But it was, you know, it was. Uh, yeah, I felt kind of bad about that. You know, I did. Well, I did. when stuff it's, gets real, it gets real. You yeah, know, and it it's does. pressure. Yeah, it does. but that's just a game, and you I'm know. still driven in that game. I'm not getting shot at, and you know, I've been on that end of it, and so I know what that's like. This is a game, okay? So I should remember this is all about having fun. Yeah, that's it. It's it's a game. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry's holsters asked this. By the way, shout out to Clover Tack. He says if you ain't if you ain't first, you're last. And uh, <laughs> Harry's holster says if your partner would have had better clothing, would have would it have made a difference? You know, I can tell you, he was on the second day. He was so cold he could not stop shivering. He said he couldn't even feel his hands because mm. um, it was that cold and. I think it probably would have helped because I was actually wearing uh, one of uh, the OR Colossus jackets. Mm-hmm. I have never been cold in that. Matter of fact, I wore a thin Poly Pro shirt and that jacket because you get too hot in it otherwise. Well, and talk about your clothes, like your yeah. socks and everything you're wearing. 
Okay, so uh, socks, I always run darn tough. They're made in Vermont. They have lifetime warranty. Um, I don't run any socks but those. Um, what are they hand, made of? Um, are they wool? Yeah, they're a wool, or they also do a wool blend, but okay. they're more of a high sock. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear by those. I did not get a single blister. My shoes, I run ultras, which there was probably a better shoe for that. I didn't do a, a load-bearing boot that had a shank in it. The ultras are extremely comfortable and have a lot of cushioning, but it's more of a trail running shoe. I didn't know I was going to be on this heavy gravel, and that that killed my feet. But uh, no blisters or anything. As far as everything else, it was all OR equipment. That mm-hmm. and I, you know, outdoor research has been out for a long time. They do provide stuff for the military. Uh, the stuff I get is through that end of it. Some of the stuff's not available um, in their normal market. Um, but anyway, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Their gloves, their hats, it, uh, pants. I always wear cry, cry precision. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's all also expensive stuff. Yeah, it um, is unfortunate. Yeah, but you know, you get what you pay for with these things. You know, at some point, you you get you come to that realization. Uh, Florida Gun says, "Quote: Tell me what you're wearing." Unquote. Left. <laughs> I did. Yeah, but that's okay. half that's half the battle when you go to those competitions man yeah. if you're freezing your ass off yeah and might... nothing like tommy johns that's yeah. all i'm gonna say about that mm-hmm. <laughs> um harry's holster says <laughs> i just i just heard what you said uh harry's holster <laughs> says i've had darn tough since uh middle school uh that finally worn out this year so there you go yeah that so darn toughs what do they make again i know you you were mentioning that right Stop. They make socks. socks. Oh, okay. Okay. He said, don't forget those big girl panties. That's what we were just talking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the big girl panties are very important. I think wool socks are awesome. Um, I forgot the name of the... It's something six on my socks. I forgot. What's the name of the socks, Lola? Point six. Point six. There you go. Hey. They make wool socks pretty good, actually. That's all Armament and Axis has a really good question. I, mm-hmm. I don't know where yeah. he's at or anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's he want to know here? Would any of you guys be interested in a competition shoot collaboration at our range working on details now so you have to tell these guys i think he's in ohio so, okay yeah, yeah i'm in northern northern wisconsin yeah so there you go so, uh, you'd have yeah. to talk to these guys offline and uh see if you yeah. can get that see if you can uh get that stuff figured out uh you know we'll, we'll have them we'll have them back on i know we're at the nine o'clock hour now so we probably need to start wrapping up all the awesomeness it's it 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 is awesome man i always learn stuff from you when you come on you know and that's that's made me go out there and look at the videos i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get a fourth yeah a fourth microtech coming (laughs) for sure yeah you know contact me so uh we'll get you honestly i have to get lola a microtech because she's kind of mad about she she probably needs like a small lightweight one or something like that so uh-huh. Yeah, something like an X85, something like that. Yeah. Dirac. My wife carries a Dirac. Oh, what's it called? The Dirac. The Dirac. Has a, okay. Yeah, it doesn't have the switch in the normal location. It's on the cover. Oh, the yes. I think she was actually looking at that when I think My she was wife looking at that somewhere. It. She doesn't yeah. like the other ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so we have to get into that, which we will do. It's always awesome having Elfsters on. I mean, this yeah. – you guys – if you're looking at this show, you, you're not seeing how much of a nerd about this stuff that Tom is. <laughs> you're really not. When I met him in uh, South Carolina, we were literally in a traffic jam for like an hour. I'm sitting in my car. He walks down there, and he's outside in the hot 
like talking to me about this stuff for a while. And I was like, you, you need to come inside because you're making me tired. You're standing out there. So he's, yeah, he's very knowledgeable was, was, about this. Yeah, hmm? I was talking about stuff. He's like, man, I got to be on my show. So I started <laughs> mentioning Minute of Angle and he's like, what? Well, because, you know, listen, I think that I, I know lots of folks out there have been doing it. You know, I think there's always a progression when you get into the gun world, right? You start off somewhere and you grow and you learn and, and you get into all of this stuff. And I am getting more and more into long distance shooting and all that. So, yeah. you know, the way information works, it goes in. It might not sit in there the first time. It needs to go in a couple of yeah. times, etc. That's why I recommend if, if folks out there are looking at this and they're really into it, go to Elster's Rifles and Reloading on YouTube. Look at those videos multiple times. Same thing with X-Ring. Go check out his video multiples, his videos multiple, multiple of times. And I thought sure it was nice seen. to have X-Ring on the night and I could talk to him about this match because mm -hmm. I find it very interesting myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have some disabilities myself, so I can't do that, that type of stuff anymore. But just to listen to him and listen to, you know, what kind of gear he's using, everything from his gun mm -hmm. scope mounts to even the socks he was wearing, it mm -hmm. all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't think about an advance, you're going to be screwed before you even hit yeah. that range. And it's so. a it's a serious game too. It's a serious game too. And um, you know it, this kind of stuff is like even though we're we're talking about the competitions and all that kind of stuff in a certain way, when things get really tough and people have to go out there and fight and do all that kind of stuff, um, a lot of times people get pulled out of those situations if they're not already right, like in special forces. Or whatever that's where folks start out especially when they're young and all of that so it's a good thing to have to help people get up on these skills before they actually you know before they're actually called to have to use those skills to save people both overseas and here in america yeah for those guys this is just extra training i mean these guys are doing it for real you know mm -hmm. day in day out they can't say enough good stuff about those guys but you do see them coming out to this events these events because they're they're made for those guys in law enforcement you know mm -hmm. and uh it's always just great camaraderie um yeah I, I can't say enough good stuff about it i'm still happy yep it's third place but i'm happy with it it's yeah good. yeah the pain was all worth it okay so we're gonna wrap up now and then we'll definitely okay. come back and um and and revisit this again uh, let's start with uh let's start with x-ring can you tell the folks out there where can they, where, where can they follow you how can they communicate with you i saw someone was asking about an email so i don't know if you have a email that you give out publicly do Okay, so uh, first off, thanks to everyone for joining. Thanks to Hank Strange for having me on. I really do appreciate it. This is my second time, and I was out there with Todd. I think Todd suggested it the first time. So big thanks to you, both of you guys. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. As, as far as getting in touch with me, you can always email me at thexringchannel at gmail.com. I always say the, but Rick says that's wrong. So <laughs> the, the X-Ring channel at gmail.com. Uh, are you really going to go with uh, Rick's recommendation on that? Really? Well, he was right because everyone <laughs> somebody puts a V. Who's oh. going to the X-Ring channel? All right. So almost done here. I do want to give a big shout out to Defender Ammunition Company, Christian Haywood. They've supported me since the very beginning. Uh, Borka, Borka Tools, if you're interested in one of these, make sure you send me an email with your name and zip code on it. Microtech Knives, of course, Tony and Susan Marfion, those guys have supported me since the beginning. And then Leica, Optics, Tacticam, 
Optics Planet, Cal Leibowitz, I appreciate it. Primary Arms, Dimitri. Uh, Thunder Beast Arms, Ray and Zach. If you guys are running suppressors and you want a precision rifle suppressor, there is no other. Thunder Beast Arms is the way to go. Mm -hmm. uh, big thanks to Hornady and Proof for Proof Barrels. Uh, that's that's all I have to say. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, you're Turn welcome, man. And some of the, and those uh, some of those guys, actually, quite a few of those guys you mentioned, I know all good people, good folks. Yes. So thanks to them for uh, supporting you, Todd. Tell the folks out there, man, how they can communicate with you, see all the different things that you're up to, find all your thousand and one Facebook uh, groups. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm pretty much across the board on uh, social media. Um, I'm currently trying to get my Facebook page back up, so hopefully that does come back. Uh, but I do have Elfster's Minute Americans on uh, Facebook. You can always contact me on Todd Elfers on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, you name obviously YouTube. And, uh, if you're, if you're curious about reloading, you're not sure what headspace is or neck tension, bullet jumps, or how to use a scope, mineral of angle mills, you name it. Uh, check out that playlist area. I got a ton of playlists already pre-made for you guys. It makes it really easy for your layman, someone getting into the gun world for the first time. Those will definitely help you out. Okay. Very cool. Um, all right, so here before before I uh, do the end of the show, I want I do want to thank you guys for coming on X Ring. Always great having you here, Todd. Same thing, man. Yeah, um, I got to give a big shout out uh, to Pops. Nice. Oh I yes, gotta, get that I in. Do get have I do have this uh, knife review coming out here, so it's one of my first knife reviews. I'm looking forward to it. So keep an eye out for that yeah. video. We better we better see you uh, slicing up some deer out there, man. Well, I'm gonna follow a good <laughs> X-rings uh, footsteps here. I chop like a oh. four by four There you go. <laughs> yeah. Set it on fire. Set it on fire. That's the way I don't to know do if it. I'll set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably it'll probably be able to take it. So yeah, I wanna I wanna thank you guys. I wanna thank everyone for hanging there, hanging in there uh, on the chat with us. I do want to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list. Um, I, you know, you guys will see pretty soon. Lola is setting up a bunch of giveaways and things like that right now. So you guys will see that it's going to be worth it. Um, uh, let me drop the end here for everyone. Make sure you guys thumbs up, subscribe, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. That's very, very important. Um, if you're looking for a video, I think we'll be turning a video on on Hank Strange sometime. Uh, later this evening, so uh, I just got to uh, check on that and see what's going on with that. Thanks to Walther's Firearms uh, for sponsoring the show. Thanks to everyone out there. Any last words from you two guys before I press the button? No, thanks what? Thanks to everyone. Thanks for helping the channel grow. Absolutely. Freedom isn't free, my friends. Keep, keep the Second Amendment push going. That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Uh, 150 guns is not enough, so... You'll see what I'm talking about <laughs> later. All right, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs> see you.